Yeah, like I said, he just found that one black widow. In, in what the... are you doing? Me? Yes. What's this take... pile that you're making? Well, I don't want to just throw it on your floor. I'm going to throw it away later, but it's my nail it's polish. It's your nail polish. Because <laughs> it's gel. Oh. So I'm peeling it off so that well, when I go... please make sure that my cat doesn't eat it. <laughs> I will not let her eat it. You better not eat that. Welcome back to Wayward Fans, a supernatural podcast. I'm Shannon. And I'm Liana. And today we're talking about Like a Virgin, the 12th episode of the sixth season. This one's directed by Philip Segria and written by Adam Glass, who has written a few, but hasn't yes. heard from him in a while. It's been a while, yeah. So we open on a couple who's in one of those really tiny planes in the middle of a thunder slash lightning storm. Um... The lady is understandably pretty upset, and she wants to land. He's telling her to calm down, and so she tries to by looking out the window, and she sees a large shadow fly past. And it just totally was like, oh, it's like that Twilight Zone episode. Right. Um, She starts getting pretty upset, and he's, like, telling her to calm down and to close her eyes and think of a happy place, and they'll get, they'll land soon. And um, so she's closing her eyes, and we're just kind of watching her try to, like, breathe. And then uh, we hear glass shatter, and we hear the man scream. And when she opens her eyes, the windshield is broken, and he's gone. And then the plane begins falling out of the sky. And then we go to the title card. So Shannon probably really liked this intro. Oh, God. I was like, (laughs) nope. uh -uh. I would not be up there, first of all. Right. First of all, I would never be on that plane. (laughs) This is some messed up shit. Like, can we just land, please? Like, seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Also, have you seen the Twilight Zone, dude? There's something out there. It's on the wing, and it's, it's going to start tearing it apart. Wing. Right. <laughs> um, so then we go to um, Sam. He's laying in, still in the panic room, and Dina's asking him how he is. And we're seeing Cass walk away, like, rolling down his sleeve. He's confirming that Sam's soul is, in fact, in place. And Dean wants to know if he's going to wake up. Uh, Cass points out that he's not a human doctor. (laughs) Uh, And Dean gets angry. Tells him to take a guess. And then Cass gets angry. (laughs) Correct. And says he doesn't think so. And he reminds Dean that they shouldn't have... He actually... shouldn't have put the thing back in there. Uh, Cass actually tells Dean... uh, No, not that line. Because Dean's like, well, take a guess. And Cass is like, a guess? Probably not. Right. <laughs> I was like, wow, Cass, that was pretty. But we never should have put that thing back in him. And when he touched it, is that the line you're going for? Yeah. It felt like it had been skinned alive. Right. Oh, well, he says, I'm sorry, Dean, but I warned you not to put that thing back inside him. Yes. And that's when Dean's like, does the T-1000 line. Oh, right. And then he says, let me tell you what it, his soul felt like when I touched it. Like it had been skinned a line, alive, a line. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, if you wanted to kill your brother, you no, should have Cass. done it outright. Yes. No, I know. I'm, he said Dean. Oh, he said Dean. I see. Yeah, yeah that is one of my, highlighted as one of my favorite lines. Um, I liked this because I'd forgotten just how um, frank Cass is with Dean, Dean right now. In yeah. this, and just in this season in general. It's kind of like you can tell Cass is just like sick of it, you know? Right. Like, Dean, you don't get to just talk to people however you want and... You know, treat people however you want. So right, well, and Cass is going through a lot. 
Right. He <laughs> right is. <now. laughs> he so. is. But it's just, I don't know, I guess it's just one of those things where he doesn't seem like, because for a while there, Cass seemed like he was scared of everything, you know? Right. And now he seems definitely more confident. Yes. And your cat got so much fucking hair on my phone. Holy shit. <laughs> what the hell? She's shedding. It's, it's spring. My, God. I guess my dogs don't roll around on my phone, but I was like, my dogs don't do this and they get hair on everything. <laughs> They also don't roll around on my phone, though. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, Cass disappears. Uh, Dean joins Bobby up at his desk. They drink. Bobby thinks Sam will wake up, uh, convinced that Sam will bounce back like he always does. Dean uh, notices that Bobby's got a job on his desk and he wants to help. I just can't believe how easy it is for Bobby to just be like, it'll be okay. Sam will make it. You right. know, like, and here, I found a job for you. I'm like, God, Bobby, like, what goes through your head? Like, I would have been pretty upset at that point, but. Yeah, a little, at least show a little bit more concern that Sam could possibly die from having a tormented soul. Right, right. Which I, I think Bobby is concerned. I think he's just really good on putting on the the face of it'll be okay. You Bobby's know? very good at putting on a face. Yeah, I think as we just in general come yeah. to realize that's very true. Um, but also, oh, well, I guess we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so Bobby tells him about the plane crash that we saw from the beginning of the episode. The dude was found 17 miles from the site, flambéed, and the girl's missing. No body, no nothing. Um, this is when Sam walks in. Walks in. in. And Dean and Sam give each other a very, very long hug. Um, and then he hugs Bobby. And Bobby's clearly uncomfortable. <laughs> right. And Sam is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I remember, or I felt rather, Lucifer snapping your neck. Um, they tell him that Cass brought him back and he's super excited to hear that Cass is alive. He's like, yes. Cass is alive? Yeah. Dean is like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> then finally um, he's like, what's the last thing you remember? Right. Oh, well, no, because then first Sam says that. Is that the I'm starving line? Yes. He goes, are you okay? And he says, I'm starving. Right. <laughs> and Dean wants to know what the last thing he remembers is. And he tells them that the field and when he fell. Bobby starts to ask if he really doesn't remember anything, but Dean cuts Bobby off, saying, let's be glad. Who wants to remember all that hell? Sam asks how long he was gone. They tell him a year and a half. Sam can't believe he was gone that long. Sam wants to know how he's back. Dean tells him it was death. He had, you know, which Sam immediately is like, Dean, what? What the fuck did you do, right? He... Dean's like, don't worry, we had leverage, it's all done, everything's taken care of. Um, and that's when Bobby says, well, ain't all this neat and clean? And Dean says, yes, for once. And I'm like, no, Dean, it's not. Like, you can be in your little bubble all you want, but this is not neat and clean. This is a fucking mess. It's not. I mean, I right. know why he's doing it, but it's not neat and clean. And that's kind of my whole thing is, well, I think I get into that later on. But I just, it makes me angry because Dean just immediately starts lying to Sam. Right. And I'm like, really? We haven't ever learned from that lesson, Dean? Like, ever? Yeah. And I got really mad at him, especially a little bit later in this episode when Sam is a little bit more direct with him. And yeah. And Dean straight up lies. Yeah. To his face. And mm-hmm. I was just like, what are you doing? But then later on in the episode, I was like, oh, 
I get why you're doing it now. I mean, it probably would have been easier for you to tell him everything in the beginning and maybe help him that way. Right. But, I mean, I, I still don't think he should of, lie. But think, it makes more sense to me why he did it. But at first I was just like, what are you doing? I was well, so mad. And my whole thing is, like, I can see why on the one hand it would make sense. But my whole thing is, like, if you want Sam to, like, make it through this, he needs to know what exactly is going on in his head. Because if there's right. an itch in there, he's not supposed to scratch. How is he going to stop himself from doing that if he's not yeah. even aware of Curiosity the danger? Curiosity kills the cat. Exactly. And so right. my whole thing is it's really stupid for you to not tell Sam. No, Because I, that's I pretty agree much like you. guaranteeing that Sam's going to end up... I think getting shocked with surprised finding outs on right. his own is going to be worse than his family telling him exactly what happened. But I think, you know, devil's advocate here for Dean's sake... I think Dean is trying to not do it because he's not thinking that Sam's going to find out any other way. Right. And that he can keep the surprises from happening. And if he doesn't tell him anything, you know, he, cause it's nobody Dean's knows old. how this wall works. Right. And he's just really scared that it's like this super fragile thing. And right. if he says anything, it's going to fuck up the whole thing. Right. I mean, I guess I can see why. I just wish he was being more rational about it. I, I agree with not. you. I think I 100% believe he should have told him. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Because I got, I did get mad at him when later in this episode, Sam asks, asks him a direct question. And, and Dean just flat out lies. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's right here. I wrote, <laughs> you fucking idiot with my note. Yeah, mine says, sometimes I want to strangle the television. <laughs> um, Sam wants to know, that's what, because so Sam wants to know if there's anything he should know. And Dean just looks at him and says, no. No. And I wrote, you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> that's my note. Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's a good note. So then we see Dean being bringing Bobby a beer outside. Um, Bobby wants to know uh, how how Sam is. Dean says he's better than he could have hoped for. Bobby's not buying it. Bobby's having a hard time looking at Sam since he just tried to kill him. Dean tells reminds him that it wasn't Sam. And Bobby says, it wasn't all Sam, but right. it was Sam. Right. Dean does not, and that's when Dean explains to Bobby that he doesn't want to tell Sam everything. But And Bobby's actually in agree, agreement with him. He just wishes that he could. Uh, Dean is afraid that it will crack the wall, to which, again, Bobby is agreeing with him. And I think that's also a bad thing for Dean, because he has this person that's on his side so right. it's kind of reinforcing his Dean's decision making. And Bobby does that a lot. Bobby agrees with Dean a lot yeah. um, because they kind of have, and I think a lot of it goes back to how Bobby became a hunter and how Dean learned about being a hunter. Um, they both have some pretty tragic right. ways of entering into this lifestyle. And I think it really warps their decision making yeah. pretty but badly. The way most hunters come into their lifestyle, right. they have. But Sam doesn't have it because he was too young. Exactly. To understand. Exactly. Know? I mean, he understands okay, I'm sorry. it. I have to. There's a cat getting into everything right now. <laughs> and we love you. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Sam understands it. He just doesn't feel it the same way that, you know another hunter would who had the tragic experience actually happen to them. Exactly. And I mean, that's totally what to say of me. You know, I've never had that experience. So it's a lot easier for me to look at Dean and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know? (laughs) I was like, what do you mean the same experience as you? Is there something I should know? Are you not telling me something? you mean you have an experience. Okay, cool. I was like, is that not your real mom? (laughs) 
Are you a hunter? No, I mean the same experience of your not mom is being actually a like your 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 real mom's like best friend who taught you the ways the of ways hunting. of hunting, right? Yeah. That's why I like the show so much. Like <laughs> um, so Dean wants to send Death a gift basket. Bobby points out the obvious that he'll find out. Sam will find out. Someone will tell him, or some other way. Bobby thinks he should hear it from them. And I'm like, yeah, obviously. I, I agree with you on that, idea. Bobby. Right. Let's do this. Let's, let's do that idea. Dean, he's like, let's just, just let's give it a minute. Bobby says, okay, but they should prepare for when Sam finds out they're lying. Um, yeah, and that's it. Sorry. I, was, I thought there was more to that. No. <laughs> anyway. So then we see Dean and Bobby are getting ready to leave for the hunt. Uh, they're out by the Impala and uh, Bobby uh, asks where Sam is. Dean is telling him that he's still sleeping and that they'll let him sleep and they'll call him later. Uh, Sam shows up and he's like, call me where? What? And Dean uh, is telling him where they're going on a job. Sam wants in. Dean doesn't want him to go. He's concerned. Yada, yada. It's like the same argument they have all the time with the hunting. Right. Whether recovering. whoever <clears throat> is recovering from oh, what. Oh, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter which one it is, right? The other one wants to go, and the <laughs> one who is supposed to be resting wants to go, too. Yeah. The one who's supposed to be resting wants to go, and the other one is always like, no, no this is you a terrible can't. idea. Right. And then the other one who is like, I don't care where I'm going, and they're like, okay, fine. And that's always Every the one who usually ends up solving it, too. <laughs> so, um... Sam points out that Dean didn't rest when he came back from hell. And that's right. basically what, when Dean, Dean was like, yeah, okay, fine. So Bobby then is like, okay, well, you guys got this. I promised Rufus um, I'd watch the phone. I'd man the phones for him. And you can tell Dean's like, what the fuck? I was pretty surprised when Bobby just bailed out like that. I was right. like, wow, that was a little sudden. Um, Sam... Um, well, Sam is like, what was that about? And Dean's like, I don't know. So there, they hit the road. We see Sam getting off the phone with an officer. Um, check lines. I'm supposed to check the lines. <laughs> Shannon's sophisticated doting system here. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so Sam is getting off the phone with an officer. Um, and he's getting all the information about the missing girls. I have an idea. Why don't you keep up on the script while we're reading, while we're going that through That was the, the plan. That's why I pulled it out from oh, under okay. your hat. Because <laughs> we're okay. right at the part where they're about to hit the road. So. And doesn't that there's road right there? two, yeah, there's okay. two crashes or two other disappearances in the town this week. Um, last weekend, a college girl vanished from her apartment on the 17th floor then three days ago, another girl didn't make it home from school. Um, they're all, no connection. They're just all young and female. Then Sam is asking Dean about... Um, what he did that whole year. Right. If he ever, he says, did you ever even try... Um, to lead a normal life. And Dean's like, what are you talking about? And he says that, to lead a normal life. I like that question because as far as Sam's concerned, it really doesn't look like Dean tried to at all. Exactly. And he says it. He's like, right. you look exactly the same. Because right. Sam's like, do you remember that promise you made me? And he's like, yeah, I remember. And Sam's like, well, why don't you try? 
And Dean says, well, what makes, makes you, think you think I, I didn't? didn't? Right. And that's when he says, because look at you. Look at this. You're exactly you're the exactly same. You're exactly the same, yeah. And Dean says, yeah, you're probably right. And I was like, oh, come on. But then he starts to talk about Lisa and Ben. Yes. I was like, oh, yay. He's not lying about everything. I know. <laughs> so I was like, you can tell him about Lisa and Ben, dude. <laughs> He's not going to have any trouble with that. Yeah. Um, so he tells Sam that he was with Lisa and Ben for a year. And Sam's like, so what happened? And Dean says, it just didn't work out. And I'm just like, oh. I mean, it so, didn't. It didn't, no. Which is really unfortunate it and is. sad for Dean. But uh, I think Sam's face, he, I don't know if I felt like he was feeling guilty or something. I think more or, it was just he felt bad for Dean. Yeah. You know, like. I, I just didn't read he the knows face very well. Of, of the two of them, Dean is the one who's always wanted the normal life. Right. More than anything, you yeah, know? And yeah. so to hear that Dean had that chance and actually did it for a year and it never worked out, that's pretty sad, you know? Yeah. It is very sad. One thing about he that... He actually tried. Right, exactly. And it just didn't work for him. And that's got to be pretty, you know, a pretty big letdown for Dean. Yeah. Like, the one thing I've always wanted isn't something I can ever have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, in that scene... You should have seen how excited I got when I was taking my notes. Was so, oh my god! Because the song that's playing on the radio is Jethro Tull. Oh yeah, uh, a new day yesterday. And you just saw him, right? Yes, and it was amazing. Like, okay, first off, the man is going to be seventy in August, and he is like running across the stage. He's like down on his knees, like just. I was just like, I was like he moves Jesus. better than I do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can you can tell he has a bit of a trouble. With his voice. Like, he can't oh, yeah. sing the way he used to. Um, which, I mean, he's going to be 70, you yeah. know. But do you have you heard Jethro Tull at all? Do you yeah, listen to them at all? Um, he can still play the flute. Very amazing. Oh, really? Very amazing. Yeah. That was incredible. So and he's, like, super funny, too. That was also pretty. Is he really? Yeah. He's, like, really <laughs> funny. But anyway, so they're playing New Day Yesterday, which they seriously could not have picked a more perfect song. Yeah. Like, to personify that conversation that they're having there. Like, it was just, and then when all of it ends and we get the volume up on the music, and that's just the line. It was a new day yesterday, but it's an old day now. I was like, oh, my God. Right. That and is it, so and just, perfect. And Dean's just like, this is how we're ending this exactly. conversation. Yeah. 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 It's a good scene. It really is. Great, great use of soundtrack. But, I mean, I might be a little biased there, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'd have to agree with you. Um. So they go to the question Penny's sister. I'm assuming Penny, well, no, we do find out. Penny is the last one we saw disappear. She was the one in the plane. Yes. Um, so she had, the, the sister has already talked to the cops and she's tired. I love this. <laughs> right. So I, Sam, I, I understand. Really, I do. I know how hard this must be. We would just like to figure out what happened. <laughs> This will be quick. I promise. And the whole time, I'm just, Dean is just, just watching. Like, I'm just like, yes. Oh, the old Sam. Because you can see, like, cause she starts saying that and Dean starts to speak up because, you know, He's just the other day, soulless. old Sam yeah. would have been like, really pissed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the look on Dean's face. And even I was like, oh, it's old Sam. I know. Here, we're back to the sappy-eyed Sam. Yep. Dean approves and is very happy. Yes, he is. Uh, so Penny's very, sh- or the sister tells us that Penny's very shy, not adventurous. She hated the plane. She only did it for Stan, the guy who was flying. And they just started dating. Um, 
So that's all the information they get from her. Um, so back at the motel room, the very mountainous motel room. Yeah. I was like, holy <laughs> okay. shit. Like the whole side of it's like a mural of a mountain and then the rest of it's all log cabin-y. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, and this is one of my favorite lines because uh, Sam's at the computer doing his research. And he says, it looks like both those girls baked cookies for the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and Dean, what is that, code? <laughs> I'm not going to have a favorite line or moment highlighted because of my notes. God, Shannon, you one. slacker. Yeah, I was the laziest asshole doing the notes I for have this no, episode. I have no room to talk. I was for the next, this one and the next one. I was really bad. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> so he's saying the other two girls were basically Christians, very good girls. And Penny wasn't. She wasn't religious at all. Um, Dean has another theory, however. Um, well, Dean stole her diary. <laughs> right. He said, he, he, that's what he says. He says, I have another theory. And then he pulls out Penny's diary. <laughs> Did you steal that from her room? I'd Dean, love I that love you, that you even asked that. Of course, Sam's like, why wouldn't I? <laughs> um, so Dean is thinking that if, that it's not about religion, but it's about purity. He thinks that they are all virgins. Sam is like, she was 22. And he's like, yeah. And Dean's like, yeah, with a pink room and teddy bears. Doesn't he read a part of the diary? He does. Okay. And he reads it and it is, or did you want to? No, I don't. I have Sam's response. Okay. (laughs) Dean reads a part of the diary. I've decided I'm going to give Stan my most precious gift. (laughs) Wow. That sounded really creepy coming out of your mouth. (laughs) I think I delivered it. (laughs) It started with the from the diary. (laughs) I love that part. <sighs> and it was at that point when I realized how much I missed the banter that they had. I know. And it was, was this so thing, I didn't even realize it was gone, really. You know what I mean? Like, right. until this started, I was like, oh my God, there I was forgot just about so this. much like, awful and frustrating things happening that it just completely slipped my mind. Right. And right. then when it's back, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. This is why we need Sam and, and Dean, Dean as a team. Exactly. No matter what else is going on, no matter who's lying to who, no matter if the apocalypse is actually happening, right. we need these two guys with Working their own together. souls yes. together. Yes, because they are very entertaining. Because this is what makes the show. This is, is why we watch this. It is. This is probably why they couldn't last very long with the soulless Sam. Right. <laughs> no. As much fun for... as it was to oh, yeah. see. <laughs> it was very fun, but yes, that couldn't have gone on for much longer than it did. Right. So... Um, Sam wants to know who would want virgins. Dean, Dean doesn't know. He prefers ladies with experience. Dean. <laughs> um, so then we cut to three girls walking through um, St. Mary's Center for Catholic Studies. Uh, one of the girls breaks off from the other two, and we get a lot of wind, a lot of whooshing sounds. So just to clarify what's really going on here is we have three girls walking through St. Mary's, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, it's nighttime. Right. And they're also wearing their Catholic girl, Catholic school girl uniforms. Who, correct. And the skirts are very short. I want to point that out. So and correct. And it seems like a really bad idea for to any of them up. to just be like, all right, bye guys, I'm going this way. I'm like, you guys really need to walk right. each other home. Like, also, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, 
but I did because I thought it was very strange. They're walking on this path. There's no break-offs from the path. It right. doesn't fork or whatever. It's just a straight path. Because they're doing like a bird's eye view when they split. Right, yeah. And then it's like suddenly she's like, okay, I'm going to go this way by myself. Can you guys turn back around? <laughs> because it's not like they break <laughs> off to go a different way. They literally stop on the same path they're going and then they just go the other way. <laughs> and she keeps going. She, I'm watching and I'm like, why are they leaving her? <laughs> And she was the one who was like initiating the goodbye, way, right? Yeah. So how funny! I thought it was. I didn't was even like, notice you couldn't that. Couldn't wait till you got to an intersection in the path. Right. <laughs> Maybe She's... that was the, short, the shorter way to go. Yeah. Who knows? I just thought the whole thing was just, just a it was really, really bad idea. You guys, yeah. like, I don't care what kind of world we should live in. This is the kind of world we do live in. Right. So. <clears throat> They split off. We hear all this wind and whooshing sounds and something is flying down at her. We hear like the beating of wings and she's screaming and she trips and she falls and the leaves are blowing around her. Um, But at the next scene, she's actually in the hospital. Her face is kind of beat up and scratched. But she's okay. Right. The guys are questioning her. Her name's Melissa. She tells them it looked like a giant bat. Which I was pretty surprised to hear. Right. That was, was unexpected. Like, a giant ooh, bat. A right. New, oh, this is going to be. A new creature. And I like right. bats. Right. So. Um, so she thinks that they um, think that she's making it up. Just like the other man. Um, and Sam tells her that he's not the other man. I thought that was such a weird line. <laughs> like, instead of her saying... You guys just think I'm making it up like the cops. She says specifically the other, the other man. man. I'm like, who's this other man? Well, but Sam is right that he's not the other man. No, I know. I, know. I was like, yes, Sam, you're not the other man. You are this man. <laughs> um, and she tells him, it came right at me. It was huge. I swear. That's how I got this. And she pulls her gown forward to show these two huge, they are huge scratches going down her back yeah. shoulder. And just all these stitches just stitching them up. Like, it was awful. I felt so bad for her. It was very her. gnarly looking. They were like, horrible. That does not look That was good. a very scary experience. Like, No kidding. That's got to be really painful. Yeah. So. So, it attacked her. <laughs> they want to know what happened. And she tells them <laughs> she doesn't know. She passed out and when she woke up, it was gone. Sam's like, is there anything else you can think of, even if it doesn't seem important? And she's like, well, my ring, it got lost, or that thing stole it. And Dean's like, what kind of ring? (laughs) She's like, a gold, gold a promise ring. And he's like, so from a church, like a purity thing? Yeah, why? (laughs) I gotta ask. Nobody's uh, judging anybody here. (laughs) I gotta ask uh, Melissa, look, nobody is uh, judging anybody here, okay? Believe me. But... Should you really be wearing that ring? <laughs> and then she goes, well, I i mean, I am really. <laughs> Matt Barn didn't count. <laughs> I just love the way Dean just knows. Just knows. <laughs> Should you really be wearing that ring? <laughs> oh, my God. I loved that part. Um, so they're leaving the hospital and Sam's like, so what? You think Batman tried to rape her? Well, he does carry a lot of rage. 
But he rejected her because she was already dehymenated, huh? Sam's like, huh? And Dean's like, goes to show that being easy is pretty much all the upside. (laughs) Um, So this, so Sam's wanting to know what wants gold and likes virgins. (laughs) Dean says, P diddy. And then Sam says with one of my favorite lines. I figured this would be one of your favorite lines. I die for a Come back. And you're still not funny. <laughs> Shut up. I'm hilarious. Why would that be one of my favorite lines, Shannon? Oh, I don't know. I think you know me. I think you know me. <laughs> so they're back in the... Um... The hotel. Sorry. My note says, take some to wow fan sites. And I'm like, what, what? the fuck does that say? <laughs> Oh, yes. So right. they're back in the hotel and Sam is doing some more online research. And all of his searches keep directing him back to World of Warcraft fan sites. I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's what Dean tells him. Dragons, dude. See, I told you not possible. And Dean's like, well, it might be. And Sam's like, how? In what reality? And he's like, eh, it's been a strange year. We should get a second opinion. Yeah. So they call Bobby. Bobby doesn't know anything. Um, Dean asks him if he'll make some phone calls. So, and that's when we're skipping over a really famous line that people love um, from this episode, which is where uh, Bobby says, uh, dragons aren't like the Loch Ness Monster. They're not real. Mm-hmm. People love that line. And really? I have, uh, yes. Oh, it's on memes all over the place. I always thought it was I like one of the most never seen it. forced lines like I've ever heard. I'm like, nobody would say that. Like, that's just, like, really going for, like, a joke. I, I guess that's just the way I always heard it. But, yeah, people are, oh, my God, there's t- You've never seen the memes with that line? No. Oh, yeah. Gifts and I never, the like, a, I never cared about the line. I always right. kind of glossed over, like, Right, me too. But, yeah, no, that's a very loved line. That's so weird. <laughs> because it's not a good line. No. <laughs> at all. It's, like, I, I, in my opinion, it was always very forced. I never the thought Hogwarts it was very funny. The better than right. that. Oh, yeah, the Hogwarts line's <laughs> hilarious. Which is... Could you make a few calls to who? Hogwarts? Hogwarts? Humor me. <laughs> right. That's the funny part. But yeah, people love that Loch Ness Monster line. Um, oh, they, so they don't hang up right away because Bobby says fine. And he says, you're a gentleman and a scholar. And Bobby says, yeah, yeah. How's Memento doing over there? He caught you any, in any lies yet? He tells him everything's fine. And Sam says, hey, and then hangs up on him. Are you so, going to tell us what Memento is? Oh, yeah, I guess I can. Which is weird because it's in another episode coming up, and yeah. I wrote it down there. Oh, you did. But oh, okay. If you haven't seen it, Memento is a movie where the guy wakes up with amnesia, but has a bunch of... Um, well, it's he suffers from short-term memory loss. Right. So he has a bunch of tattoos and shit all over his body to... To remind him of critical right. things. So basically, the premise of the movie is that he uh, was at home, some men broke into the house... They hit him in the head and knocked him out and then took his wife to the bathroom and raped and murdered her. And so when he wakes up, he has this disorder and he's trying to find out who did this to his wife. But because he has the short term memory thing, whenever he learns a really important piece, he gets it tattooed somewhere on his body. Right. So he can continue continually remember it. But the cool thing about the way that they do that um, episode, which is what they do in a Supernatural episode coming up, is... All the flashbacks are black and white, and all the present stuff is in color. Right. And they eventually merge into the, the one storyline. Um, 
basically what happens and the way that they do it is really cool because like whatever you see happening in the present when we switch to the flashback we see everything that led up to that moment right and then we get to the next moment and so it's kind of almost moving backwards exactly it is um, backwards but yeah it's the only christopher nolan movie that i like it's a good Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, I didn't even know it was Christopher Nolan until I got the riff tracks for it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have never seen the riff tracks oh, for that. Oh, my God. Yes. We I need mean, to watch it. The riff tracks was good. But. Yeah. No, that one's hilarious. That is probably my favorite thing about having Amazon Prime right now is, is the, the riff tracks? immense amount of riff tracks I that know. they suddenly have on there. I'm like, it's ridiculous. It's, it's so many. Samurai Cop has been my favorite so far. Yes. That's a really good one. Times. That's a Holy really shit. good one. <laughs> anyway, right, sorry guys. Tangent. <laughs> Check out Riff Tracks. And Memento. <laughs> yeah, Memento's also good. So, um, Sam wants to know if Bobby said anything. He tells him no. Um, uh, Sam is going through their father's journal and Dean tells him that their father never wrote anything about dragons in there. I was really surprised to see John's journal. Like, I didn't even think they still had it. Right. <laughs> it pops up randomly here it and does, there, you know? yeah. Um, and then it looks like Sam is remembering something, or he's trying to remember something, and he looks up at Dean and he's like, did we hunt any skinwalkers recently? And Dean's like, doesn't ring a bell and i'm like that was the worst lie i had ever seen you do dean and you are a good liar yeah (laughs) like which to me that's like the whole right there is like when you see sam making that face and asking you that question that's sam scratching the wall dean right like that is what he needs to be aware of and that is what he needs to know he needs to stop doing right and for you to just be like oh no you weren't he's gonna keep trying to remember because he thinks he remembers something because he says um I don't know. I just deja vu or something. Are you sure? I could have sworn. Right. And Dean's like, you got to remember your eggs are still a little scrambled, right? But yeah, I'm sure. The better lie would have just been like, dude, Sam, you've been gone for like a year and a the half. The better line. Lie. The better lie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know lies. You're right. <laughs> well, it would have been just to be like, dude, that was like a year and a half ago. I don't know. Like right. there was a lot going on. <laughs> like, that would have absolutely there you been go. a better lie. Right. I can't believe you suck at this so much. So Dean's phone rings. He answers. Uh, it's Bobby. And um, Bobby says he can't believe she didn't jump right to his mind. Dr. Visiak, Med- Medieval Studies, SFU. Dean takes down. Uh, he gets off the phone with Bobby. Tells Sam that he's going to go to San Francisco to figure out how to kill the things. And he should... Figure out where they are. Do we even know where they are right now? Because he's just going to up and go to San Francisco? So. Sorry, I just thought of that. Um, I would guess somewhere kind of close, maybe? Right, that's what you I'm assuming. Because <laughs> that was a pretty sudden decision. Right. Like, I'm just going to travel across the country, the country real quick. You stay here. Even Which though I'm really like, worried about you right, scratching that was off. my other one. I was like, do you really think it's a good idea to just leave Sam there by himself doing all this research? Right. Dean, do you ever think anything through? Maybe he thought he would be safer just doing research in a motel than driving around. I don't know. It nope. seems weird that he wouldn't have been like, hey, let's go do this together. together. Right. I mean, especially since we just witnessed that whole, didn't we just hunt a skinwalker? Right. Like, that's only going to keep happening, especially if you're gone. Um. So as Dean is leaving, Sam is asking him if uh, Bobby uh, said where they like to park and Dean says no, and he says, great, back to the lore. Which is what? They live in Middle Earth? No, caves. You're such a nerd. 
Yeah, because it's just such uncommon knowledge that dragons live in caves. I was like, how does... I don't know. Right. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Gotta get that jab at your brother. Um, Oh, my note when he said doesn't ring a bell. I roll. See? That was my note. Yeah. I think that's a valid note. Okay. (laughs) Valid note. So then we actually get a cut of uh, to see the girls... Who have all been kidnapped, trapped in a sewer system under, like, in like underground the sewer, cells, right? In, in yeah. like a yeah, a graded cell, yeah. Um, and there's a guy who's shoving one of them in there, yeah. And you see, like, off camera, or like you just see the shape of something flying in, and you hear the sound of the wings, yes. And you see the shadow of it. It's very much like an angel, honestly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just like that. I didn't think about that. <laughs> but you're 100% right. That's exact. Because you hear the fluttering of the wings. Right. And you see a shadow. Right. And I'm like, oh, but you don't see it happening. Right. And then exactly. Just there. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just this guy in, dressed in all black. Um, and he has an accent. And he's throwing another girl into the cell. Yes. And they're all screaming <clears throat> to be let out. And when he closes the grate, he puts his hand on it, which turns to this, like, molten lava that just seals the gate shut. Right. It was pretty pretty cool actually yeah it was like he was soldering it closed exactly so I I like, put, that's a good lock i put welding it but yeah soldering <laughs> welding <laughs> welding that's what i was going for <laughs> i think solder is like with electronic or like motherboard like computer stuff i just it? think it's the, the i think it's the um, the type of gun you use or the material? metal you use i think is what it is okay maybe i mean we're totally talking out of our asses right now <laughs> if you guys are listening and let us know what soldering is <laughs> I know it has the gun, and I know people use it in electronics and jewelry making. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> I like how this new girl gets brought in, and then Penny's like, it's going to be okay. It's going right. to be okay. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's, no. That's you're really what optimistic. you're trying to, to do, but <laughs> I think we can all see it's not going to be okay. <laughs> so um, then we go to... Dr. Uh, Visiak's house. Uh, Dean presses the buzzer and she, he tells him, he tells her his name. Uh, she gives him her office hours and he says that Bobby Singer sent him. And he's staring into her little security camera right. thing. And so we get a lot of really good shots of Dean's face from the camera. Right. And he looks pretty dumb. <laughs> but he still looks cute. really cute. Right. So you know she's going to let him in. <laughs> So it takes a while. It looks like Dean's actually going to leave, but then she opens the door and he gives a little, like, appreciative eyebrow. Oh, hey. Oh, nice. Um, So she tells him that the next time he sees Bobby to kick him in the balls. And he says, no love, no love lost between you two, huh? And she says, no, just the opposite. Just the opposite. And he's like, oh. Bobby has a forlorn love. <laughs> and he's like, that's... And she... he, Dean says, oh, in an inquisitive manner. And she says, that's his story to tell. He's the idiot. <laughs> so what's this about? <laughs> Dean's like, well, uh, dragons. And she's like, really? And he's like, what? No 12-sided dice joke? And she goes, we can joke about them because they've disappeared, but they aren't funny at all. And he tells her that one just flew in stateside. She wants to know if he's sure. He tells her all the, it fits all the lore. 
She says there hasn't been any around in 700 years. Dean chalks it up to it being a crazy year. <laughs> um, she tells him that he needs a blade. So that's what I love, because he's trying to figure out what he needs to do to kill one. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you need a blade. And gives him, like, this look, and Dean's like, oh. <laughs> like, turns into this weird innuendo. Right. like, really, blade is going to be your guys's? <laughs> and then Dean is actually kind of, like, a little shy at that point. He was, like, Dean is intimidated by older women. It, it seems that is the case. I think so. Older, very confident women. Yes. He kind of gets, like... Yeah, because Dean's used to being the uh, instigator, I think, so. Yeah. Um, And he's like, "Uh, okay, what kind of blade? And she says, one forged with dragon's dragon's blood. blood. (laughs) So you need one to kill one, but you gotta kill kill one to make one. one. (laughs) How does that work out? (laughs) She tells him that there aren't very many left around, five or six tops worldwide. Um, She starts going over all of the different swords, and then she says, of course... Um, or in he he's like you know a lot about this stuff don't you and she's like I better I sure as hell better I have one in the basement <laughs> Um, and she's like finding it took two decades countless hours and some really, really bad, bad sex, sex with, with an Eastern, Eastern European, European ambassador. ambassador and I was but like yeah I like this lady <laughs> <laughs> um, she opens the door to find um the sword embedded in a boulder. And my first thought was like, that is a really nice fucking basement. <laughs> Cause she's all of it's in her basement and they go down into this, like, well, have you seen the rest of the house? No, I know. But I was like, damn, that's nice. It's obviously um, basement slash game room. Shannon. Come on. Right. Of course. Duh. It's got a caliber in it or yes. excuse me, the sword of Brunswick, the love of my life is what she says. I love how, because um, at first Dean's like, is it Excalibur? Because it is stuck in stone. And she says, no, binding a sword in stone used to be all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he wants to know how to get it out. And uh, she tells him she he already knows. You know this one. We need a brave knight who's willing to step up and kill the beast. And he's like, <laughs> right. All right. Well, uh, I'll give it a whirl. Do you mind? She says, oh. <laughs> Dean then tries miserably and fails but he wants so badly <laughs> to, the music that starts playing when he walks up to it it's and the camera's this like epic, this big heroic <laughs> like we're gonna do it from down here we're gonna see dean walk up and he puts his and foot up like on the, the rock and the light you know yes. coming directly <laughs> down on him because the stone is kind of spotlit so when right. he steps up to the sword it backlits him and it's almost like there's sparkles coming off from behind him like very and he grabs the sword and he tries pulling it and he can't yeah and, was he, and he tries so hard and, and then, then at falls. one point he falls and gets right back up and She's starts like, pulling okay yeah totally fine. totally fine so and then it's like, yeah, really on there <laughs> son of a bitch that's really on there <laughs> yeah afraid so then oh dean says he's got another idea but she's not gonna like it So, back in the hotel room, uh, Sam calls Bobby. Bobby's immediately like, where's Dean? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bobby. Right. Can you be a little oh, bit could more Could you be a subtle? little more of an asshole to Sam, please? I don't think you're laying it on thick enough. No. So, uh, Sam tells him he went to go see the friends, and he's trying to figure out where the dragon's lair is, and he wants a little bit of help. 
To which Bobby immediately jumps on and starts helping him. And I was like, oh, okay. Right. Because I thought Bobby was going to be more of a dick about it with the way he was like, where's Dean? Right. But no, he was very helpful right away. Which I was grateful for that. So Sam's telling him that um, we know that they, uh, you know, basically stay in caves, but there's nothing around for miles. So Bobby tells him to be less literal, to look for something else that's local, cold, dark, and wet. Sam realizes that there's no subway lines but sewers. Says that could be it and says thanks and hang... Or, and says thanks. And Bobby is like, all right. And is about to hang up. But Sam asks him if he's okay. Bobby's like, of course, what's wrong? Or why? And he's like, besides the way you've been acting and talking? Nothing. Is there something I should know? And Bobby tells him no. All he needs to know is where Godzilla's hold up. Bobby wants, or Sam wants to know what happened last year. Bobby just said, it had its moments, no more than usual. But it's got nothing to do with you, Sam. How could it? Which was a better lie than what Dean gave It is, yeah. It's basically the lie you wanted Dean to give. Pretty much, yeah. But it's just, it makes me angry. Yeah. So Sam's like, right, of course. And then Bobby says, call me if you need anything. Which I was also surprised at. Yes. But then Bobby immediately hangs up and I was like, okay. Oh, well, there we go. So then, Sam Surprisingly, prays Sam to starts Castiel. praying. I was pretty surprised. Well, whoa, he's praying? And then, Cass answers. Yes. Which never happens. No. Well, unless Dean's calling him. And Well, no, that's what I mean. Is anytime <laughs> Sam prays, Cass doesn't answer. Unless yeah. he lies to him and tells him <laughs> that they have the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> but um, We really need to get Cass in front of some movie movies seriously but so Cass sees Sam and he's really happy that Sam's okay and he goes to hug him (laughs) and Sam like steps away and like sits down and he's like I would hug you but and Cass is like yeah it would be awkward it would be awkward but why would it be awkward I don't know is it the whole because because Cass tried to Molotov him (laughs) well Cass Molotov the brother but then he killed Cass as Lucifer he snapped his fingers oh okay but see, Cass was okay with hugging. <laughs> He's the one who should be like, this is fucked up. But I just wish they had hugged. I thought it would be really cute. But oh, well. It would have been really, really cute. So then Sam, using his wit. His Sam skills. Was like, yeah, crazy year. I just talked to Bobby. He told me everything that happened. And Cass is like, yeah, I'm surprised you lived. I was begging Dean not to do it. And Sam's, Sam's like. like yeah. Uh, I know. I, I know. Exactly what you mean. Yeah. And he, Cass goes on to say, it's a miracle it didn't kill you. And Sam, yeah, 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 it's a miracle. It is a miracle, right? right. Okay. And Cass, how does it feel? And Sam's like, what? Well, to have, have your, your soul, soul back, back of course. Right. And Sam's face is like, you motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> and I like Sam's like, uh, fine. Could you feel on the details of that. <laughs> right. You mean because I was walking around with no soul. Right. Uh, really good, Cass. I'm really good. You know what? I'm just hazy on a few of the details, though. Um, You think you could walk me through? I was really happy that was Cass like, was there. Shit. Yeah. I was like, man, you guys. This is exactly what Bobby was warning you of. Right. Well, I'm like, Dean, Sam's a lot smarter than you. I'm sorry. I know you don't like hearing it, but it's true. Sam's a lot smarter than Dean. I think Sam is the brains of the operation. I Absolutely. Think Dean's just a better hunter. He's more, right. he acts more on, in, 
you know, yeah. instinctive yeah, intuition we've had that and all that crap. Before. But that's kind of why but you I don't do want to leave think... Sam alone because he's going to figure it out. Right. If you're that there to just distract him or. Dean probably thought he didn't know of what to figure out. You well, know what right. I mean? Exactly. That there was something that exactly. needed to be figured out. And I guess the last person he thought that would have told him was Kaz. Yeah. It wasn't a well thought out lie, <laughs> you know, or it plan really in general. It wasn't. It wasn't. But I was just really happy that Cass told Sam the truth. Because I Sam needed to There's literally no reason, I think, why Cass would have kept it from him. Unless right. Dean told Even him if Dean had told him not to, I don't think Cass would have kept Cass it from probably him. probably would have been like, I don't oh, know if that's, that's stupid. a good idea. Like, we shouldn't. Right. Exactly. Because yeah. at that point, I think Cass is pretty sick of Dean's bullshit. We definitely Cass get that feeling. I think Cass is upset with this situation. Yeah. Because he was afraid of killing Sam. Right. Well, well that's what I mean. He was afraid yeah. of his soul killing Sam, not himself. Well, that's he was afraid that Sam was going to die. Right. And nobody was listening and to him. Like and like a really was bad completely, Right. Not just die. And not even that he was going to die. It's that he would have like turned into this crumbling like person who was just totally fucked up right. for the rest of his life. You know? And so yeah i think it was just like you're saying it's this particular situation but i think that Cass still would have not if dean asked him not to tell sam i think Cass would have refused yeah i don't see why Cass would be like why do you think that's a good idea right well i think Cass knows why he thinks it's a good idea i think Cass would just be like no i'm not doing that no i mean when you i know? say that i mean like he would be saying that in um defenses to why he wouldn't like why would you ever think this is a good idea not literally asking him why it's a good idea even though probably he would (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so it cuts away after sam asks Cass to walk him through back to uh dean (laughs) trying to get the sword and we see that he has brought in c4 i think it's c4 it is yes c4 okay um looks up the rock and says you rocks think you're so smart. <laughs> um, well, before that, she's like, you know what? I don't like this at all. You do realize that this is the single most valuable artifact you have ever touched. And he's like, yeah, but it's the literal only weapon we have. So we kind of need it. Yeah. And she's like, all right, fine. So do you really think that C4 should be able to break a magic spell? I don't know. Is, I... is the... Is yeah. the... Jesus, I can't talk. She said it was bound to the sword. The the sword is bound to the stone, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's my whole thing. It's like, it just, brute force has never broken a magic spell. Yeah. You know? So I was kind of surprised. Maybe it's because it's an old spell and they didn't think you could actually (laughs) damage the stone itself. Because back then it's like the strongest material or whatever. They didn't have explosives. Maybe? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. Just, that's what I thought of when this is happening. I was like, C4 is not going to break a binding spell. It's just not going to do it. And then it did it. I was like, okay. <laughs> it would have been funnier if it hadn't. I guess that was not my whole thing. Not only did it break the rock apart, but no, it also broke the sword. It also broke the sword. Um, and she's like, you've got insurance for this, right? Which was just... Oh, Jesus, Dean. Seriously. So... He is. He takes it back to the motel, and Sam's like, "What are we supposed to do with this, Dean? Give it a booster shot?" <laughs> He's like, "Look, it's all we got. We just got to get it a little closer, okay?" Um, Dean uh, or Sam tells him about the sewers and points out on the map where he thinks that, uh, or he says that the disappearances disappearances happened within a mile of the spot on the map, and he wants to work their way out from there. Um, and 
Dean's like, awesome. Who doesn't love sewer? Let's go. And it looks like Sam's about to say something. Dean looks to him and says, asks him what, but Sam says nothing. Let's go. So they're in the sewers. They've apparently been in there for several hours, <laughs> finding nothing. Um, Dean's like, what if dragons like nice hotels? Um, and this is when Dean, or Sam sees a pile of gold. Golden objects. Yeah. Sitting on the, laying on the ground. It's right not now. a pile of actual it's gold. It's not gold, yeah. <laughs> it's like jewelry and trinkets and cups and that type of shit. Right. Um, so, um, Dean's very While Dean by is the like gold. <laughs> picking at the gold, Sam notices um, something else and he's like, come check this out. Sam, or Dean grabs a handful of the gold and puts, puts it, it in his pocket. pocket. <laughs> and we see like a shrine kind of thing with an old journal and some candles and stuff on it. Yes. Um, and I guess the girls are hearing them because Penny starts calling out. If there's someone there. Right. So they run to the girls. They tell her they're going to get them out. And Penny's like, quick, he's coming back. And then we see Sam pulled backwards by the dragon. Dean takes out the dragon sword. And the dragon is not impressed. Impressed. Until Dean... Yes, Dean, where are you going to stick that? And he scratches his arm. And And then the demon is like, oh. The dragon. Sorry. The dragon (laughs) is like, oh, this actually does hurt me. Oh, wait, it's one of those swords. Right. He wants to know where he got it. Dean says, Comic-Con. Then the dragon knocks it out of Dean's hand, and they start to fight. Sam starts to fight the dragon from behind, hitting him with a crowbar. Uh, The sword has fallen into a separate grate from where the girls are, and Dean's trying really hard to reach it. His fingertips are touching the top, but he just can't grab it. Um... So then another dragon shows up and throws Dean away from the grate and they start to fight. Then Sam rushes to the grate and just immediately picks up the sword. Because his, his arms, arms are, are like eight feet long. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, why didn't... We should just... He should just be like, Sam! 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 <laughs> so Sam cuts the dragon that he was fighting uh, initially and then runs and kills the one that's attacking Dean, shoving the knife through his back. And the first dragon who showed up flies off. Did you notice that the set that they're on is a set we see in a couple episodes? It looked very familiar from, like, Skin or, uh... No, it's in episode 15. Isn't there one where they have somebody they're using as bait in an episode? No, I'm talking about one that's coming up in a minute here. Oh. Is it really? Yeah. You didn't recognize it? I didn't. No, it is. In episode 15. Huh. You guys will hear about this next week. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> but isn't there... I can't believe you didn't recognize it. No, I didn't. You'll have to point it out when we get there so I can feel like an idiot. Yes. But isn't there an episode where they like use somebody as bait to get into sewers? Or is that like in the future? Um, there's the episode where Dean is the shapeshifter in the sewer and they chase him down there. No, it's one where they like... They have a girl and thing, and then they drop the blanket of salt to create the line across once the Oh, that's not the sewer. That's um, that's just a basement. Right. But that's not a sewer. That's a basement. That's a serial oh, no. killer one, it's isn't the, it? Yeah, because uh, Joe is the one that 
is in there. Yes. Yes. So now I know which one you're talking about. Obviously. Okay. Yes. It That's reminded me of that sewer thing. system. Okay. You know, with like the... Yes. Now I know which one you're talking about. Grates and cells yes. and stuff. Anyway, sorry. That's God, we are all over the place. We really are. This episode <laughs> is just on track. So... Then we have the boys back at the house. Dean is just laughing over a pile of gold <laughs> objects that he apparently took. He tells Sam, asking what time it is. Because <laughs> he's holding a gold right. watch. Sam says, so, why don't you just cut to the chase and, and roll in it? <laughs> Dean, I, re- I rarely have wealth. So then Sam starts to apologize to Dean. Um, he says he can't even begin what to say. And Dean's like, for what? And he's like, you know you what. You know what. He's like, did Bobby? No, Cass. Cass, freaking child. He's like, and Sam tells him, you should have told me, Dean. Dean says, you weren't supposed to know. What I did to Bobby, to you, of course I should know. Sam, death didn't just shove your soul back in, okay? He put up a great wall of Sam between you and the things that you don't remember. And trust me when I say that the things you don't know could kill you. That's not a joke. Sam wants to set things right. Dean tells him it wasn't him. Uh, Sam tells him he feels like he got slept the worst Mickey of all time and woke up to find out that he had burnt the whole city down. You can say it wasn't me, but I'm the one with the Zippo in my pocket, you know? So I'm not sure it's that cut and dry. And look, I appreciate you trying to protect me. I really do. But I gotta fix what I gotta fix. So I need to know what I did. Dean is still concerned that it's going to be too dangerous. Sam then says, well, what would you do? Right. Same thing. So, yes, Sam's right. It's not that cut and dry. It's not that it was just this completely separate being from Sam with a soul. It was still part of Sam. But Sam needs to stop with this self-sacrificing, like, I'm going to make it right. I owe everybody an apology type thing because he still can't be held completely responsible for everything that happened. No. Um, and so, just like Bobby was like, it wasn't all Sam, but it was right. Sam. I'm like, it wasn't Sam. It was, but it was a piece of Sam, which is absolutely true. But I think that would have been a piece of anybody. Anybody without a soul is going to be completely selfless, soulless, right? Like, yes. it's just, and that's what I was right. mad about Bobby for being right. so like afraid or pissed off at Sam or whatever. Because right. I'm like. Yes, it was Sam, but it was a Sam without a soul. Right. You would have done the literal same thing. Exactly. Or something very similar. Like, you're not going to make if- this the same nice, you know, loving decisions that you guys kind of make sometimes. Yeah. If you were Bobby without a soul yes. and a demon was, like, straight up, or an angel's, like, straight up, look, you, you don't want your soul back because it's going to kill you. So here's how you don't get your soul back. Go kill Dean and Sam. You'd right. be like, okay. Okay. Right. How, because that's the any, logical thing. Any tips? To do. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, and while a part of you knows that that's wrong, uh, you're not going to give You're a not going to care. Exactly. Because you have no morals at that point. And so it's very easy to say it was Sam. And yes, it was Sam. But it was Sam missing a huge important part of his humanity. Dean is like the only person in this who's like, it wasn't Sam. Right. <laughs> and Sam is like, but it was. I need to apologize. And right. Bobby's like, but it was. And he tried to kill me. Right. God damn it, you guys. And I mean, and I guess I see it more from Sam's perspective. It was me, and I can see why he feels that way. 
Well, like, I guess that. Is. Well, not even that. I just think <laughs> even if I was in that situation, I would feel, feel pretty fucking terrible with all the shit that happened. Well, yeah, you um, did some bad things. So right. you're going to naturally feel bad because you have a soul now. Exactly. But my whole thing is Sam needs to learn how to make that separation. And he needs to learn how to just accept the fact that his brother has forgiven him, that Bobby is going to forgive him. And he can't expect to be able to go back and apologize to everybody he right. hurt. Dean and Bobby aren't even going to know everything he did. Right. So. Exactly. So. Like, you should probably not dwell on these things. Exactly. Because, unfortunately, it's there's gonna probably make nothing you can do right. about it. That, and it's just going to take you down a path where you're probably going to very seriously hurt yourself. Right. You know? And scratch this so-called wall that exactly. you have heard about being in your head. Exactly. Um. So, before, uh. Dean can, because all Dean says is Sam, like he's, you know, about to tell him something. Mm -hmm. But before he can continue that, Bobby comes in and says, boys, something I think you ought to see. Excuse me. So he brings them back inside. He's showing them the journal that they brought. Um, It dates back around the 14th century. The language is the Vinci Code. Real obscure, um... It's going to take his golden years to translate it all. And it's not paper. It's human it's skin. human skin. Gross. Yeah, and then the way they're like... <laughs> start wiping their hands They're off. like, they're oh. their jeans. Um, so Bobby is saying um, that he's fairly clear on the first bit. It's basically describing a place. It's like the backside of your worst nightmares. It's all blood and bone and darkness. Um, so then Bobby's still talking. It's kind of like, um, a narrative as we cut to this next scene where it's this cliff inside of a cave. Um, and Bobby is saying it's filled with bodies and souls and all things hungry, sharp and nasty. And we see the dragon show up and I guess meet up with another dragon. Right. And the dragon is like, where are they? And the other guy's like... I ran into trouble. And the second dragon's like, well, you're lucky I got enough. So they grab a girl from the van and they take her to this cliff within the rocks. And Sam is asking Bobby, monsters? Bobby says, it's monster land. According to this, it goes by many names, most of which I can't pronounce, but I'm thinking, you know, purgatory. Dean's purgatory. Awesome. Well, that's good to know. So you're saying that these uh, dragon freaks are squatting in the sewers and reading tone poems about purgatory? Sam says no, or Dean says no, it's, oh my god, Bobby, I'm like an Italian mom, Matt, Frank, Joey, Chris, anyway, none of those are Italian names, yeah, except for Frank, um, Bobby tells him that it's an instruction manual to, um, access a place that gnarly, the book will show you how to open a door. Dean's like, door to purgatory. Well, I know a demon who would have loved to have known about that. So how do you open the door? But Cloverfield, as Bobby calls him, has the page. Uh, then that we shows go- you how to open the right. door. Right. So we go back to the dragons and the girl. And the dragon has the page and he's reading off of it. Doing the summoning or doing the spell. The girl is screaming to be let go and the dragon continues to do it. Uh, then the dragon tells her it'll go easier if you relax. And we see the pit, the bottom of the pit turn into like a lava fire. Like it's fiery. Yeah. And then they toss her in. Um, 
Bobby tells him it gets worse. This thing ain't about uh, how to take a vacation over there. It's about opening a door to let something in. Sam's like, what? Bobby says he's working on it. Dean asks if he can give him anything. Bobby says, I got a name. Mother. Sam's like, mother of what? Mother of dragons? Bobby says, I wish. It says a few times in here, mother of all. We cut back to the cave and we see the girl who they had thrown into the pit rise back up. She's kind of glowing red and her fingers and legs are like embers, but it's all, it's like she's healing herself. Right. Because then she becomes this really beautiful, perfect hair, perfect makeup thing. Yeah. And she floats onto the cliff and she tells them that they kept her waiting. And cuts back to Dean saying, what the hell does mother of all mean? And Bobby says, I don't know. Cuts back to Mother of All saying, we have so much to do. Let's get started. Oh, shit. New enemy. Yep. What? Anyways. <laughs> yes. So one thing that they really do well in this season is kind of just leaving you uh, up in the air at the end of the episodes. It used to be they were all these nice, neat little Packaged, packages. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't happen a whole lot. Do you want to hear about dragons? Yeah. Because dragons are fun. Um, dragons are found in many cultures around the world. They are almost always depicted as serpentine, reptilian, or avian. The most common dragon is the Euro- most common two dragons are the European dragon. that are mostly depicted as reptilian creatures with animal level intelligence and are six limbed. They have four legs and a separate set of wings. They are hostile creatures to be slain. Uh, depicted in both the Quran and the Bible as manifestations of evil. Then there's the Chinese dragon. The Chinese dragon is most depicted as serpentine creatures with above average intelligence and as quadrupeds. They're benevolent and celestial type, or they're benevolent and wise, and they have celestial type powers. And despite their lack of wings, they still fly by riding on the wind. And they are capable of speech, and in some stories, they are even said to have taught man how to speak. So the English word dragon and the Latin draco derive from the Greek word dracon, which is a serpent of huge size or a water snake. Um, This was actually used more literally to refer to any type of a giant serpent and was not restricted to only mythological use, uh, which was true also in English up until about the 18th century is when they started, we started using the word dragon strictly to talk about the mythological creature. Um... Originally, dragons were only described as serpents, but when the Middle Ages came around is when they began being depicted with legs and looking more like lizards. Uh, There's a dragon-like creature with wings and two legs that is known as a wyvern. Monstrous serpents being killed by heroic deities comes from the ancient East, Canaanite, Hittite, and Mesopotamian cultures. Um... The furthest back we have of an actual documentation is the monster Humbaba from the Epic of Gilgamesh is believed to be a dragon. The Epic of Gilgamesh is um, ancient Mesopotamian poem that's believed to be like the uh, first document of actual literature. And it originates from around 2100 BC. So it's really old. That's old. Yeah. Um, Another place very famous where we see a dragon is uh, the Archangel Michael commands the angel army that fights the seven-headed dragon in the book Revelation. It's a lot of heads. Yes. Um, Stories of heroes killing a giant serpent occurs in almost every Indo-European mythology. 
In nearly every version of these, the serpent is multi-headed and in some way associated with water, including Midgred, who was defeated by Thor, who was the cause of a drought. Um, the addition of dragons hoarding gold uh, was probably started right around the Bronze Age when people would put snakes in village granaries to kill mice and rats. Huh. Um, the origins of dragons spitting cobras are thought to be the origin of fire-breathing dragons. Um, sometimes Nile crocodiles would swim across the Mediterranean Ocean. What the fuck? And end up in the Middle East. And so it's believed that those were probably the inspiration of uh, dragon myths in the Middle East. Can you believe that? No. That's insane. I can't. Yeah, they just swim across it. That's terrifying. <laughs> um, it's God. also believed that the skeletons that had been found of whales and dinosaurs were the inspiration of dragons and other cultures as the people attempted to identify what these bones were from and uh, what had destroyed that larger creature. Yeah. I would um, be scared to find that large of a creature right? dead. In Australia, uh, dragons may have referred to various land crocodiles uh, found there, including the monitor lizard called Varanus priscus. This lizard grew to be up to 23 feet in length and to weigh over five, excuse me, over 4,000 pounds. And they were carnivorous. So they were very... What the fuck? Scary creatures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, this was like a Komodo dragon? In Australia. No, it's a. It's called what? a monitor lizard. Oh, a monitor. That's yeah. 23 feet? Yes. And weighs 4,000 pounds. God. Yeah. So they think that's where Australians got dragons, <laughs> which I'm going to go ahead and agree I mean, with that. literally everything in Australia is trying to kill you, so I yeah. guess them having actual dragons wouldn't be surprising. It's not that surprising, but still pretty upsetting. Jeez. Um, there's a book out there called An Instinct for Dragons, and anthropologist David E. Jones suggests a hypothesis that humans, just like monkeys, have inherited an instinctive reaction to snakes. Large, cat, large cats and birds of prey because they were threatening to us in nature so we are instinctively afraid of them um, and that dragons all have features that are similar to a combination of those three things and so an instinctive fear of those three types of animals would help explain why dragons with similar features occur in stories from different cultures on all continents of the planet like almost every culture has some type of dragon and they're all very similar, but these are cultures that never right. got them from each other. So. so they must be real. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I could have gone on and on and on and on about dragons. Oh. Dragons are really cute. <laughs> I really, no really idea. cool. Um, but I decided I to keep no it a little I have no doubt short. that you could uh, yeah. make a whole podcast episode about, about dragons. dragons. Yeah. So I decided to keep it down to, like, the basics, but I still thought I learned some pretty cool stuff. I thought it was cool that we got dragons in Supernatural. Me too. And you made them human. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a little difficult to make actual dragons, or the CGI might not look so great. Right. Right. So they did what they could with it, but it's still pretty neat. Yeah. No, I was really excited to see dragons. I never thought that those would come up, so. I'm reading the Dresden File, or rather, I'm listening to the Dresden Files right now, and I'm on the third book, Grave Peril, and... You meet a dragon in there, and he's a humanoid. And oh, he's nice. very cool. Right on. Like, it's really funny because the way that they meet him, they're at a costume party, and he's dressed like Hamlet. Or no, 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 not Hamlet. He's dressed like a, um, like an old centurion, like guard. I think, just really old school, like 
the leather wrapping, like sandal okay. wrapping. Like, yeah. Anyway, he's smoking, and they're talking to him, and, you know, smoke is coming out of his mouth, but then they right. realize that his cigarette isn't actually lit. Oh, wow. And that's when they're like, oh, you're a dragon. <laughs> well, the knight who's with them knows that he's a uh, dragon, because he can sense, like, the power of it. Okay. It's really cool. Right on. He's a cool character. Anyway, I thought the keywords on this wiki page was hilarious. The keywords? Yeah, because they always have keywords for, like, if you're searching for the episode. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Dragons, Hell, Hugs, Idjit, Impala, Loch Ness Monster, Lucifer's Cage, Monsters, Purgatory, Singer Salvage Yard, Souls, Spells, Stunts, Sword of Brunswick, and Unconscious. (laughs) (laughs) Unconscious. Unconscious. All right. And Hugs. Hugs was my favorite. (laughs) Just gonna search hugs. This was one of the episodes you're gonna get. (laughs) Like a virgin. Hot. Get it? Yeah. You hug like a virgin. So, (laughs) the music in this, Back in the Saddle, during, by Aerosmith, during the road so far, and then of course, uh, A New Day Yesterday by Jethro Tull. A good day yesterday. A new day yesterday, right? Sorry. It's okay. So, (sighs) which was my favorite song. Right. Which is a very good song. Yes. Um, obviously, Like a Virgin is a reference to the 84 song by Madonna. <laughs> the song was subject, was the subject of a famous, of a famous dialogue in the movie Reservoir Dogs. Madonna later gave the film's director a signed CD with the dedication to Quentin. It's not about dick. It's about love. Madonna. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> the dragons in this episode are based on the European dragon myths. Um, Mother was briefly mentioned in uh, Family Matters, season 7, by the alpha vampire, who, in answer to Sam's question about who made him, he said, we all have our mothers, even me. In season 6, right? Yeah, season 6, episode 7. Oh, you said season 7. I thought I said episode 7. Did you? My bad. I don't know what I said. No, I'll just have to find out. (laughs) I meant episode 7, so... Whatever I said, that's what I meant. I apologize. (laughs) Um, The conjuration used by the dragons is taken from a very obscure manuscript preserved in Bolivian State Library in Munich, Germany. Uh, It's a manual of necromancy from the early 15th century. A grimoire known as Codus Latinus Monacensis 849. It's not bound in human skin, although Although those do exist, um, they are apparently in the Harvard Library System. Really? But the first couple of pages really are missing. Uh, In English, what he said was, I invoke you, (laughs) because I'm not going to read the Latin part. You're not. But what it it translates to is, I invoke you that inducibly, I can't. Say that, apparently. Inducibly? Yeah. That's a weird word. Inducibly? I want to say, like, more bees than I'm supposed to. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Bound to my power, you should come to me without delay. You should appear here immediately, mother. All right. This episode was originally scheduled to air on January 28th, 2011. However. (laughs) That's Stephanie's birthday. Oh, funny. (laughs) On January 27th, the CW announced... that the episode and Smallville were being pushed back a week to allow for repeats of the new episodes of The Vampire Diaries. Seriously? And Nikita. Wow. Name. 
No wonder they have that thing with the vampire diaries right. where Dean just wants to go kill them all. Right. Uh, this is not the first time dragons have been associated with Supernatural. When Supernatural earned its own recaps and forms on television without pity, the page featured a graphic of a dragon. He became known as Big Gay Dragon or the Big Gay Supernatural Dragon and was Christian, christened by fans, Christian Raoul by fans. Later, Raoul became Demon's imaginary recapping partner of, for Supernatural. What are we talking about? Apparently, it's a forum on Television Without Pity. Oh, is Television Without Pity a website? Yeah, it's a. It said forums on Television Without Pity. Okay, you're saying forum like F O R U M. Yes. Okay. Um. So apparently, they had like a dragon mascot on there, and that became the Supernatural Dragon. I guess so. The All big, right. gay, the big gay Supernatural, supernatural Dragon. Wow. I don't know what made him a gay dragon, but. Maybe he was rainbow colored? I'd have to see it, I guess. I hope he was rainbow colored, because that'd be kind of cool. Um, for a dragon to be rainbow colored, I mean. Right. Not for a dragon to be gay. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with a dragon being gay. <laughs> God, I feel like a Simpsons episode. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. So originally, a line of dialogue was to explain why dragons looked the way they did, instead of how they are depicted in mythology. According to writer Adam Glass, a dragon would have told Dean, Your army was defeated and your kingdom burned to the ground. Who are you going to tell your king did it? Me, a man, or a 60-foot fire-breathing serpent snake from hell? I guess they thought they didn't need that. All right. Well, it kind of ruins the whole dragon thing, so. Yeah. Kim Ulrich, who plays Dr. Viziak, was a bridesmaid, bridesmaid at Jim Beaver's wedding. Oh, was she really? Yeah. Which is funny, since she was the one who had the love interest. The love interest with Bobby. That is pretty funny. Good stuff. All my notes. So what's your favorite scene? Well, while you're thinking of that. You tell me yours. (laughs) My favorite scene. I put any of the ones where we get to see the old banter between the boys. Because, like I said, it's one of those things that I never realized how much I missed. That, and then when Cass shows up and tries to hug Sam. I think when Cass tries to hug Sam is probably gonna have to be my favorite because i like how he just has his arms out and then and then sam oh. just like backs away and sits down and Cass is just a, oh, is a very awkward moment <laughs> right right <laughs> that's a good one i had to pick two lines i had to pick a cast line and a normal line so my cast line is when he tells dean if you wanted to kill your brother you should have done it outright and my favorite Dean line is, nobody's judging anybody here, believe me. But Melissa, should you really be wearing that ring? That's my favorite line. <laughs> I love when That's Dean says such that. such an asshole then, thing to say. Really? Really? That <laughs> 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 didn't Like, how the fuck did he know that? Oh, Dean, you're great. That's all I have for this one. Alright, well we are gonna take a break and then we will be back for Unforgiven.
welcome back. So we are moving right along to season, or excuse me, episode 13, Unforgiven. This one is directed by David Barrett and written by Andrew Dobb and Daniel Laughlin. So we start in Bristol, Rhode Island. We see Sam firing a gun with a kind of scary look on his face. Then we see Samuel is there and we just get a close up on Samuel's face. And we get the impression, based on sound effects, that Sam's walking around the room and just shooting the gun. Right. Once after another, after another, after another. Um, They get pulled over while they're driving out of town. This is a year ago, by the way. Oh, is it? Does it say a year ago? Yeah. Um, I had to go back and look, because I was like, hang on a second. (laughs) (laughs) The cop who pulls them over tells them that they are not agents. Or he says, hey, agents, step! can you please step out of the car? Um, he's very angry because he can't get anybody on his uh, cop radio. He sees blood on Sam's arm and threatens to arrest them if they don't get in his car. Sam laughs at him for trying to arrest FBI. The cop reaches for his gun and Sam proceeds to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Uh, Samuel's pretty upset about it and thought there's maybe a less brutal way we could have done that and Sam says does it matter and uh, so they leave with the cop just laying there in his own blood on the ground and that's how we start this uplifting right episode called Unforgiven <laughs> um, do you want to know where Roark and Winard Winad Winand come from their agent names their agent names where uh roark is a reference to the main character in Anne Rand's novel the fountainhead oh, okay which embodied the philosophy of objectivism where individual self-interest was held as the purpose of one's life and so it is interesting that it, this is associated with soul of sam yeah, I think that's them trying to be political. And Sam's uh, Samuel's alias is, is another character in the book. Uh, Gail Winand. I think that's how they say it. W-Y-N-A-N-D? Mm-hmm. I think it's Winand. Winand? Yeah. I, I, I think I've never right. heard anybody say it. So. <laughs> you're you're better at pronouncing things than me, so I'm going <laughs> to we'll go, go with what you that. <laughs> So Dan meets Dan. Dean meets up with Sam in the hotel. Sam is catching is up with the day. news. Right, present day. What are you watching? Just trying to catch up. So Mel Gibson really <laughs> took a turn this past year, huh? Or he's possessed. Seriously, think about it. I think it's a valid observation, Dean. <laughs> right. I think you might be right. <laughs> if you guys don't know, it's a reference to Mel Gibson numerous instances of bad behavior in twenty ten which included the release of an abusive phone call to his girlfriend, allegations of domestic abuse, and a series of instances of racist and homophobic statements. Yeah, he had a bad year. He did. (laughs) He hasn't really bounced back from that either. No, he did. There was something he just recently did. Oh, is there? Yeah, because I remember reading an article about how everyone was pissed off about men in Hollywood are forgiven for their... Oh, uh, okay, okay. All okay. that crap. And I was like, what are we talking about? And, and I was like, talking about Mel Gibson? Oh, Mel Gibson has done something. He, like, directed something recently. Oh, okay. And it made it I to, have like, no idea. the Oscars. I'll oh, have to look okay. it up because I don't know. Um, They still have nothing on the mother of all thing. Everything's quiet. A little too quiet. 
do that. <laughs> Sam gets a text. Um, that's what they say. Um, and it's just coordinates. To Bristol, Rhode Island, where three women have disappeared in the last week, vanished into thin air. They don't know who the text is from when Sam tried to call the number, it just kept ringing. Sam's thinking it may be another hunter looking for backup. Sam wants to go. Dean does not want to go. He does not like the mysteriousness of it all. Lots of red flags. Sam says they can't ignore the missing girls. Dean agrees, but says they cut out at the first sign of things going squirrely. Did we miss a uh, Mr. X reference in there somewhere? That's when it was, when he was like saying all the red flags. Right. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, th- I just thought that was a good reference. And I am totally with Dean. I think this is a really, really bad idea. Sam, I think this is a really bad idea. Like, really, who's going to send you coordinates and then not follow up with you? What kind of, how is a hunter going to call for help like that? Right. This is just bad, but okay. So they go. Sam gets a flashback when they see the billboard welcoming them to Bristol. Um, That has a giant smiling octopus on it. Yeah. The fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, he, He knows that he and Samuel have been there before. Sam does not relay this to Dean. Yeah, his memories are pretty dark, huh? Yeah. Dean is telling Sam later, well, the Frank's got a type, brunettes. Whoa. This one's got a little bit of the wild side. It's all in the eye, Sam. <laughs> See it? Sam points out, aside from Dean's deep insight, that they have nothing in common. <laughs> Dean tells Sam to figure it out. He's going to go hit the poop deck, because that's actually <laughs> what it's called in the restaurant. Jesus Christ. Sam is then confronted by a couple. He's known as Agent Rorak to the woman. She's asking if he's back since the disappearance has started again. Uh, Dean comes out of the bathroom, sees a a whole 72-ounce surf and turf, get it free sign, with a bunch of Polaroids underneath. And you can see that he's noticed something, but it cuts away before we get to see what he has seen. You know what I noticed at this point is that Sam's drink has a lime slice on it. And he just leaves it on there while he drinks it. I don't know why, but really? I find that really funny. Yeah. <laughs> why would you just take the garnish off? Right. Exactly. It. No, it's still on there the whole time he's drinking it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the women, the woman is asking Sam where his partner is. Uh, the big bald dude. And she says his name. I'm going to try to say him. Dean interrupts saying that he's in sex rehab. Sex rehab. Yeah. You've heard of plushies, right? <laughs> um, a plushie, or plush-ophile, is someone with a sexual fetish related to stuffed toys. Just in case you guys needed to know about that. There's a lot on the internet about it, if you're really curious. <laughs> Just don't read about it at work. Are you speaking from experience? No, I'm just <laughs> saying that that would be a bad idea. <laughs> Because it's really weird and kind of gross. I would imagine so. Sam introduces Dean as his new partner. Uh, When the woman leaves with her husband, she puts a hand on Sam's shoulder and he gets another (laughs) flashback. This time it's of him and the same woman having sex in the bathroom. And she wants to be cuffed. So that was awkward. I was like, whoa. Just with her husband, like, right there, you're going to be, like, that forward with Sam? Like, that that was a little weird. I do like that Sam's sex is completely the same. (laughs) <laughs> it was soul or not, Sam enjoys the same kind of sex. <laughs> Dean wants to know what's going on because he noticed the cougar eye. 
Sam believes that he and Samuel worked a case in this town before. Dean's like, yeah, and shows him the picture that he saw from the wall. And it's a picture of a different table, but in the background we can see Sam and Samuel looking towards Which I was pretty impressed. That's a good idea. Right. I never would have seen that. So Dean's ready to leave. Like, to just cut the case loose and get out of town. Exactly, which I agree. Sam's like, no, we can't. He's like, five guys went missing a year ago. No bodies, nothing was ever found, and now this. Sam thinks that the case he and Samuel, uh, it's the same as the case that he and Samuel were working on. Sam thinks that they either didn't stop it, or they only think that they did. Dean argues that the gender switch is a totally different M.O. Sam doesn't care, he just wants to, he just knows something's wrong. Dean tells him they will have Bobby check into it, because they cannot fucking stay. Apparently... Hunters do not hit the same town twice, since they always leave behind messes. One of Dad's rules, you never use the same crapper twice. Everyone uses the same crapper twice. <laughs> um, Dean's like, you know what I mean. And I'm like, that is actually a pretty good rule. That is exactly what I thought. I was like, we've never talked about that, but that's a really good rule to have. Because yeah. you're going to totally get yourself in a lot of trouble if you go back. Right, because most people are gonna of the time, recognize you. they cut out... You know, in right. the middle of shit. Right, exactly. Like some weird shit has just gone down. They and solved these two it, guys, they've done it, but then they leave. They just disappear. Right. right. Yeah. Half the time they're in trouble with the cops. So. Exactly. So that was well, a really good point go that I had never really thought about. Right. And my thought was like, that seems a little unrealistic because I thought it would be inevitable to go back to the same town. But I mean, there's a lot of cities yeah. and towns. That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, really? You don't revisit like... But you know, New York City, like it seems right. like a lot would go on. See, there, but I but... think that would be different. You oh, know, well, yeah, that's an extreme. Exactly, it's such a big city. That... Exactly, but, but the little podunk towns right. are visiting, like they're Bristol, Rhode Island, not right. going to go back again. No, like the one they're in right now. Right. So here's what I wonder because this is when we see him. Uh, Dean's trying to pack up and leave, and they're squatting instead of in a motel. Like, what do you think makes them make that decision? Like, I don't know because we see that. Yeah. Off and on, more often, you know, later in this series yeah. than we did in the beginning. Because the beginning was all about, ooh, cool new sets, and oh, and what's hotels, this motel right, going to look exactly. like? But more often than not, it's almost like we were seeing squatting more, you know? Mm-hmm. Like some random abandoned house with casts or whatever. Right. So I don't know, maybe it's because Dean was playing it safe because they've been there before, or right. maybe they don't have the money. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe it's a finance thing. I mean, that would be probably the most... Or it's... Oh, you know what I bet it is? It's easier to just bail out without leaving a huge trail Paper behind trail. you. Yeah. Right. I would guess most of the time it's just a financial thing. Probably. Because they don't exactly have a steady income. Um, but anyways, after Dean says that you don't use the same crap or twice, that Dad had also always said, you always finish what you start. Sam knows that Dean is more concerned that he will go down memory lane and the wall will crumble. Dean tells him that's not a joke. Sam pleads with Dean, saying that it's his fault since they didn't stop it the first time. He says all the missing and all the dead from this creature are now on him. That Sam that you love so much. That's exactly what my notes say. Here's the Sam we all know (laughs) and hate. (laughs) Dean gives in. He'll work through brunettes, and Sam can see what info he can get from the cops. I was like, Dean will work the brunettes. Uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, Dean goes to talk to Nicole's roommate, the most recent disappearance. 
Nicole didn't say anything to her roommate the night she vanished. Nothing weird happened. Uh, Dean's kind of hunting around the house and he's looking in this little, like, candy dish bowl on the coffee table with, like, or the dining room table with some, like, business cards in it. And he finds Sam's FBI card on the dinette table. Um, I wonder, like, how many card because usually you don't make like one business card you get them in like right. 500 or whatever so how many different but they're all different names you know so like <laughs> how many fucking business cards do these guys have just laying like around? laying around <laughs> yeah and what company are they using that are like oh this is totally normal this is the same number with a different right. agent yeah mm. <laughs> they probably make them themselves i would imagine yeah but that's pretty funny they just have boxes everywhere i just thought of that when he picked it up i was like this is a business card for the name that he's using now but they always have them right anyway anyway (laughs) that's a pretty funny question (laughs) um roommate tells dean that he came to ask questions because the guy who went missing last year lived in their building he came by a few times. I love how Dean describes him. Yay, hi. And puts his yeah, hand like, like six inches up in the air. <laughs> um, he wants to know about the relationship. He asked, And she's like, um... He says, what was their tone... What was the tone of their conversation? <laughs> Loud. And, and athletic. athletic. <laughs> and Sam's like... He does the approving, like... Yeah. Oh, good. Good one, Sam. Nod. Yeah. I love that description. Loud and athletic. So then we see Sam walking into the station, and the same officer he beat the shit out of is getting out of his car and arresting Sam. Imagine that. Come on, Sam. I mean, as soon as he saw that flashback of him beating up that cop, he should have Right, he, like, I can't go back here. <laughs> when Dean was like, you go to the cops, he should have been like, um, how about I talk to the brunette, you go to the cops. Right, exactly. Just in case. Sam's like, because I do remember beating a cop up somewhere around here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That oh was my God. so, when Sam, yeah. when, because when Dean's like, you go to the cops, I'm like, no. No, right. And I'm, then Sam's like, okay. okay. And I'm like, no. no Sam, you <laughs> just had that flashback. What the <laughs> You're supposed to be the smart one. And right. You're being really fucking really, stupid. Really, really stupid. You think you could just show up at the police station right. of this town that has like 500 people and not... Oh, Jesus. All right. Yeah. So, Deputy tells Sam he is dumb as a sack of hair for coming back. And I'm like, you're right, yes. Deputy yes, so-and-so. Yes, <laughs> That was a really dumb move because he knows he beat one of you guys up. Right. Sam is trying to tell him that there has been a misunderstanding. (laughs) But the deputy just keeps talking over him, saying the FBI never heard of him, wants to know where the bodies are, mothers want to bury their loved ones. Sam says he doesn't know. Deputy asks where Sheriff Dobbs is. Sam still doesn't know. Deputy isn't buying anything Sam is saying. Reminds Sam that he cut out of town after beating the shit out of him covered in blood. So, he leaves. Well, because first Sam asks him, would you believe me if I said I don't believe any, or I don't remember anything? Right. And he's like, no. And I was like, of course he's not going to believe you, Sam. Like, that's the stupidest thing you could tell a cop. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. So, God, Sam. Sam is left (laughs) in the cell by himself, and a woman comes in to ask Sam what happened to her husband. She doesn't know. She tells him he knows what he does. She knows who he is, and she calls him Sam. 
Sam then gets another flashback of another deputy who knows they're not feds. The Sams are telling the truth to the deputy and this woman, though Sam doesn't know what she has to do with any of it. He's being kind of rude to her. The deputy is saying that it's his wife, so she's in it with him, and that he's willing to help. He was the sheriff, Sheriff Dobbs, until he vanished. Right when Sam vanished. Sam tells her that he has no memory of being there. And she says, what is this? Days of our lives? You're telling me you have some sort of amnesia? Nice reference. Right. Which, as we all know, Jensen Ackles played the fifth Eric Brady in Days of Our Lives from 1997 to 2000. Yes, the fifth. The fifth. The fifth Eric Brady. There was a lot of Brady's. There was quite a few. It's I wonder how many more there were after Jensen. Um, I know that when Jensen left, it was so he could go be like a monk or something. Or like a priest. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if there was very many after that. Because he was like going on like a sabbatical or something. So I don't think he came back. All right. He had a twin That's sister, funny. Samantha. Yeah. He had a sister, Sam. Yeah. Instead of a did. brother, Sam. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam points out. They called her out, Sammy. Right. Of course they did. <laughs> Sam points out that he wouldn't have walked into the station if he remembered. And I'm like, Sam, you had a flashback of you beating up You did remember, right. <laughs> anyway, Sam tells her he doesn't know what happened, but he will help her. She introduces herself. Brenna Dobbs. Sam says he can find answers, just not from inside the jail. She lets him out. So, and this okay. is my note. is like, I love Sam with his very sincere puppy dog eyes and his very whispery voice. And just get out of anything. Uh, I honestly think if he tried that on me, I would probably laugh at him a little bit. <laughs> I'd be like, that's not going to work, dude. <laughs> but it works quite a bit. It works a lot. Yes. This just, woman who just thinks that he had something has to, do to do with her brother, her husband's disappearance. Like, sure. Right. Oh, okay. I just want to find out what happened to. Uh, no. <laughs> You're staying in there <laughs> until you tell me where the fuck my husband is. Right. <laughs> so then we see the woman from earlier who touched Sam's shoulder and we found out they were sleeping together is drinking boxed wine. Uh, her husband comes up and she snaps at him. Um, she runs out of wine, so then we see her going to the basement to get more wine. Assuming she's getting more wine. And the light's out, and she doesn't go get a flashlight. She just goes down the stairs. Like, this is dangerous for a lot of reasons. Right. <laughs> go get a fucking flashlight. And it's these really scary stairs where exactly. something could definitely be under there. Or you could fall. Right. <laughs> like, break your neck. <laughs> so, something grabs her leg. Imagine she's that. she's descending, she screams as something like comes down on her we don't see what it is sam is at the hotel he hears something grabs his gun and stands behind the door uh it's dean hey sam so how does it feel to be a fugitive again hate to say i told you so you love to say i told you so. this is a well-deserved i told you so. actually you're right i do love to say i told you so so i found something on a uh, crazy eyes mcgee turns out you two knew each other what biblically I just spoke to her, her roommate. I got to say, man, you really got around. I mean, solace or not, I'm actually kind of impressed. Yeah, I am. They hear another missing person over the radio, the police radio. Dean goes, tells Sam to stay. Dean calls Sam. He's figured out the connection. They all banged the same dude. Sam. Sam. Dean figures it's a trap for Sam. 
However, Sam has left. He's in Dobbs' house waiting for her. Scares the crap out of her. And then she still helps this guy. Right. He's just like, lady. Right. <laughs> like, at what point are you going to, like, be like, hey, this guy's evil, you know? <laughs> and this is kind of weird, like. Right. He's he... in my house. Oh, my God. Anyway, he tells her that he needs the case files from a year ago. Um, he's already broken into the station and they're missing. And he has a theory who might have them. She tells him the files are upstairs and she'll be right back. Sam has another flashback. This time, it's the Sams, again, with Sheriff Dobbs and Brenna. And they're just, like, hanging out like they're friends. Uh, the Sams are on the couch, and the Brennan, uh, the Dobbs are across. And Samuel is relinquishing some pretty personal information about his life. Um, and he gets up to go to the bat or to get them more beer. And Brenna asks Sam about his family, and he says that family just slows you down. So I really like the editing on the flashback. Yeah. I know I talk about this a lot, but one of my favorite things is when we are hearing the characters speak, but not seeing them speak. I don't know why. I just love that. Which they do a lot with Samuel in that edit. Right. Um, and I also like how they have the camera. It's quite a few feet away, and it's like kind of almost on the floor. Right, right, right. And it really makes it a lot more surreal and a lot more how like a memory would feel, yeah. you know? Because mm-hmm. a lot of memories in movies are just exactly how you would shoot a movie, only they like put a fuzzy filter over it. Right. Um, this I thought they made more of an effort to make it seem more like a memory. Yeah. So I like that. Um, Brenna brings him out of his memory. She's got the case files. Um, going through them, Sam gets another flashback looking at a James Edward Drake's file. This dude looks dead. That, but it's just like these really quick like flashes like of his yeah. glasses, like some weird webbing or something. Yeah, it's very um, jagged, I guess would be the word. Yeah. So then Sam picks up an evidence bag, um, and what looks like maybe like a cotton ball or something is in there, to another flashback of Samuel holding up the same stuff, guessing it came from an arachne. No one has ever seen one outside of Crete, and not for 2,000 years. And I'm like, how do you know about this? <laughs> how do you know that's what that came from? I mean... Jesus, I guess grandfather hunters know a lot. All them journals being passed down. They have a lot of time to read. I know. I just thought that was funny. Like, no that one's is. ever seen one for 2,000 years, but, but we know we what know they what are. know what this is. <laughs> um, they know nothing about them. No idea how to kill it. Samuel suggested just go at it until something sticks. That was a bad idea, I was like, but we okay. Can't, like, re- Maybe May do a little research. Get a little bit of an educated guess, <laughs> right. maybe. I mean, arachnid, snake, or snake, spider, maybe something I don't know. similar. <laughs> I don't know. Let's at least do a little research. Right. Just go at it till something sticks. Or just I was die. Like, that sounds really bad. Right. Sam thinks he might know where, um, where the guys are going. All the men were in their 30s, all missing within a two-mile radius. Lonely Pines Park. This is still in the flashback, by the way, when he's talking to Samuel. Sam is telling Samuel he wants the spider, uh, wants to make the spider come to them. Sam comes to and asks Brenna if he can borrow the files for a couple hours. Brenna tells Sam that Dobbs is a good man and she's made her peace with his death. She just wants to know what happened. Sam leaves. And I totally was like, is that web blowing on the side of the house? 
Oh, were you really? Because it's like a wide shot, and I'm like, oh my god, she's the spider. The spider is there. <laughs> I thought, what I thought when I found out that it was a spider was that, and the reason it had made the gender switch, as Dean called it, is that they had killed its mate. Right. And so the mate was out for vengeance. And that's, so that's totally why, what I thought, too. Okay, cool. So I immediately yeah. jumped to that. Okay, cool. I was like, oh, you guys killed her husband. Right. Now, and now he's going to go after all the other ladies. Other way around, yeah. Right, yeah. But yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, there's webbing! Yeah. See, I didn't notice until Sam went over to look yeah, at it. I, was, I felt all proud of myself. I was like, oh my god, because I didn't catch it the first I'm time. I'm a hunter. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hunter. I'm going to get my journal. Um, so Sam's checking his voicemail and he hears the uh, connection that Dean has made. Uh, I wrote, I was right! It was webbing! <laughs> Because Sam then spots it while listening to the voicemail, and he's approaching the webbing. We get some bug vision from behind him. I love that. The faceted vision. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, as he's approaching the web, and then Dean taps him on the back, and Sam turns around and almost shoots him. Right. Again. I I almost shot you again. (laughs) Dean knows uh, it's something that context and something that wants sam dead he wants to leave a monster with opposable thumbs and unlimited text messaging (laughs) um and so again sam dean is like we need to go and he knew he would find him there um sam tells him what it is he tells dean that he's remembered dean is very concerned that he's going to start remembering hell and says that they need to leave now yes and sam's like no Dean okay. reminds him. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Dean reminds him that they are not the only hunters that Bobby and Rufus can come and wrap this up. <laughs> Sam says he knows who did it. He just can't remember. Dean says he doesn't think Sam understands the consequences. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that Sam needs to fucking leave. <laughs> um, and like for once, you really, really, really need to listen to your brother Dean. <laughs> <laughs> and that even if you did bad stuff. You absolutely can walk away, right. <laughs> you know, because you have to have your own best interests in mind, Sam, and I don't right. think you ever do. No. And both of these guys are so fucking stubborn that it drives me crazy. They're very stubborn it's people. It's ridiculous. Very stubborn. So, um, Dean tells him, really? You get that every time you scratch that wall that you're playing Russian roulette? Sam doesn't care if it will or if it, will or if it won't. Look, I'm starting to think that, that I might have done some bad stuff here, Dean. I'm like, now? You saw yourself beat up a cop, and you know you did some other bad shit. But anyway. And so, I don't care if it's dangerous. I have to set things right, because I got a friggin' soul now, and it won't let me just walk away. I'm staying here, and I need you to back me up. Alright, why not? Let's memento this thing, shall we? There it is. The memento reference? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, this actually, it's my note. It's this is where I actually was like, oh, I should look this up. Um, we probably don't need to go over it, though, since we literally just talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we did just talk about episode. it. <laughs> um, they but this just, is where Shannon meant to do it, guys. Right. Sorry, I messed it up. No, it's okay. I forgot that they that Bobby says it in the last right. episode. Yeah. Because I was a lazy asshole in my notes last episode. <laughs> um, but, again, I just really like how it was similar to it, how... In Memento and this, the flashbacks are black and white, and the present time is in color. And eventually, uh, they're building to a point where both narratives converge to reveal the yeah. final truth about what happened. Yeah. 
So I thought that was kind of neat that that is they played on that. So Sam and Dean work um, at the Hunter Wall. We get like kind of a little mini montage of them, and Sam starts having a series of flashbacks. First, we get Sam telling Roy to meet him, to meet them at the Lonely Pines Park, and Samuel uh, is asking if that's the right move. We find out that Sam is using Roy as bait. Samuel thinks that they should have told Dobbs the plan, but Sam thinks that his performance will be better without knowing. This is some seriously cold-blooded shit right here. Right. Jesus. And I'm like, what kind of performance do you need, Sam? Right? (laughs) I think he just needs to stand there. Right. (laughs) So then they see a woman attack Dobbs from behind, takes off with him, like, in a split second. Sam is totally fine with it because he turned on the GPS. Samuel, however, is not okay with how this is happening. Right. He says, so Roy's just some red shirt to you? Spider bait? Really shows how far gone our little Sammy was. I like that Samuel made a red shirt joke. Right. He's a little old for, or young for, he's from the wrong period of time to say that. (laughs) So if you guys don't know, the term red shirt evolved from the original Star Trek series where security officers wearing said shirts were often killed on missions. It's more widely used now for any minor character killed in a movie or TV show purely to provide drama for the main characters. Yep. And a lot of times their deaths weren't even that dramatic. Right. They kind of just happened. They just died. So then the Sams show up at an abandoned boathouse, I think that was. Is that what that was? I couldn't really tell. No, neither. It looked because there looked like there was docks and stuff. Right. Who the hell knows? Yeah. They find Dobbs and all the other men wrapped up in webbing. They're not dead. They all start moving and moaning. Spider Lady comes in and attacks Sam. Samuel shoots her. Doesn't affect her. And she attacks Samuel. So are we supposed to know who she is? I don't know. Because I didn't she recognize didn't look her. Familiar to okay. Me. Uh, if we are, then I feel like a terrible Supernatural fan. Right. Because I, don't... I did not know who that was. So they did a little bit of an Aliens reference before she starts attacking everybody. Right, right, right. They did. Because the guy's telling him to... Well, because he him. says, please help me. And aliens, right. she says, please kill, kill me. me. Right. But they're all wrapped in cocoons, and at first they all think that they're dead. And right. They're not. So. It was a very good alien Cocoons are reference. so weird. They're, yeah. It's like disturbing. a very intelligent thing for an insect to do. You I know? saw a really funny meme my friend posted the other day. Like, I wish I could just be like a caterpillar and eat all the food I wanted, put myself in a cocoon, and then come out beautiful. Right. That would be pretty <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I'm just going to load my face and go wrap myself in a blanket for right. a, a little while. I'll be back. I'll be good. I'll see you guys in a bit. But yeah, especially spiders and their yeah. webbing traps that they make. To just suck you dry in yeah. their little cocoon. But they wrap you in all that. It's just so weird. Yeah. Ugh. Do you remember when I found that Black Widow egg? What do they call it? Exact? Yes. When we lived in the um, apartments on the west side. And it was out in, in your balcony? It was in the door that led out to the balcony, like in the yeah, framing yeah. of it. It was up at the top. All I remember is I kept seeing that really cool spider rubble. Oh, it's so pretty. Look at that spider. We're like from the door, like all the way to like the lamp that was out there. Right. It was really cool. And then I finally, I don't know what made me look up one day, but I looked up and there's a black widow and her egg sack. Like, right in my doorway. I'm like, well, fuck. Now I have to kill everything. (laughs) Burn it all down. It was horrible. It was really creepy. Have you ever seen an egg sack? Yeah. 
They're gross. They're like, and not gross like slimy. I mean, gross like they give me creeps. Like, yeah, there's a, like a bunch of little, little babies in there. in there. And I always thought it was kind of cute. Like, remember Charlotte's Web? Did you ever read Charlotte's Web? <laughs> and all her baby spiders, and you're like, oh, look, and they all love him, and they all fly away, and it's kind of sad. But then I like, dude, that's like Charlotte's Web. Like, there's a bunch of spiders in there. Yeah, except these yeah. spiders will literally kill you. Right. If they bite you. Yeah. Black widows are so pretty, though. They so look evil. They right. just look evil. But they also look very like elegant. They in do. A way. Yeah, I really like the way they look. Me but they're too. Terrible. Yeah, they're especially terrifying. when you have pets or small children. Right. Seriously. Sorry. Way off base. <laughs> um. So Sam decapitates her. Seems to work. Samuel then tells Roy to hang tight. They'll get him some help. Sam says he can't be helped. I don't know about arachne, but I do know about spiders. One brown recluse bite can kill you. This thing, look at these guys. That poison's eating them alive. They're just dead men walking. So what are you saying? I'm saying we put them out of their misery. I'm like, Sam, if you know anything about spiders, you know you can still go to the hospital. <laughs> right. And like, and like survive the right. spider bite. Right. Get some antivenom or something. So Roy's begging for his life, telling Sam no. Sam is telling him that he's a, he'll be remembered as a hero and shoots him in the face. God. Sam then proceeds to kill the rest of the men in the webs. So he, now we know what Sam was shooting at the right. intro. Right. He then tells Samuel that they can't leave the bodies there and to get the gasoline. And they burn the place down. That is just so, like... And then they burned it all down. Yep. Jesus Christ, Sam. And then Samuel just kind of, I mean, you can tell he's very unhappy, but he still just goes along with it. He still does it, yeah. Right. Um, Sam then comes out of the memory and tells Dean he knows what happened. Then we see Roy, a very messed up version of Roy, show up at Brenna's house. Sam calls her to check how she's doing. She tells him she wants him to swim by. She tells him nothing's wrong, but he could tell over the phone that she was in trouble. Right. And he wants to go over there. Right. And Dean's like, are you sure this is a good idea? And he's like, she's in trouble. We have to go. <sighs> of course. So they go to her house. Sam wants to go through the front, telling Dean to go to the back. But Dean notices that the shed light is on. They walk into the shed and they see Brenna is hiding. She wants to know... Sam approaches her and she wants to know if what he did to Roy is true. And she's crying. And Sam is just kind of speechless. And then Roy attacks Sam, wanting him to answer the question. When they come to, both Sam and Dean are webbed up. Or will not come to, but after the cut, I guess. Um, Roy tells him that the she-spider wasn't there to feed, but to breed. She was turning all the dudes into what she was, and by by the time Sam shot him, he was no longer human. The bullets and fire did not hurt them. They all ran after Sam left. Roy hung back, and the only thing that kept him from going um, crazy or losing everything was the thought of revenge on Sam. And this whole time that Roy is narrating what happened, we see Dean uh, cutting his way out of the webbing with the shard of glass. Sam wants to know where all the missing girls are. Roy tells them that they're like him now, and they're scattered in the wind. Roy's wondering if he should kill Sam or turn Sam. And this is at the point when Dean finally escapes. Just doesn't work out so well for Dean. 
Uh, and Roy's choking Dean out. But Brenda goes to free Sam, and Sam beheads Roy. Sam what's Roy? Beheads. Oh, beheads. Sorry. What did you think I said? I just heard peds. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's peds? <laughs> so, here's the lady who, not only did she find out what a soulless monster Sam was when her husband told her what had happened, but now she gets to watch Sam and his brother kill her monster husband. Uh, and then, after Sam's beheaded him, she just stands there looking at him, beheaded, and she's like, okay. I know. I'm like, I think maybe she's in shock. I guess. I don't know. That's what it's got to be. Because that's a pretty, like, tormenting day. Like, no kidding. God. Holy shit. <laughs> um, so, Sam, apo- we see Sam apologizing to Brenda. Brenna, but she's not saying anything. She just walks into her house and slams the door on his face. That's fair. Yeah. Dean wants to know if Sam is okay. You were right. We shouldn't have come back here. Well, you did kill a Spider-Man. Which doesn't make Sam feel any better. Dean tells Sam that it wasn't him last year. Sam disagrees. Dean says nothing, just asks if he can get Sam anything. What are you, my waitress now? I'm just trying to make you feel better. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Dean says everything is going to be okay. Sam's not so sure, concerned what else he may have done. Sam then collapses to the ground, convulsing. And we have a shot going into his head. And then it's like a close-up of Sam's eyes. And we're zooming out. And he's just on fire in yeah. hell. And he starts to scream in his head, not... Actual Sam. Actual Sam, Actual is, Sam just, is like convulsing. Right. And Dean's just like over him, screaming his name. And that happened a lot faster than I thought it was going to. Him remembering? Yeah. Or the wall breaking or The wall whatever. breaking, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that's what happened there. Right. And so, yeah. that was. I was like, oh, I thought we were going to get more than two episodes yeah. of Soul Back This wall didn't last so long. No. Good job, Death. Yeah. So that was... um. A very, very, very frustrating Sam episode. Yeah. Very frustrating. They have their moments, the Winchesters. They do, where you just want to kind of strangle them. Um, do you have tidbits, or can I talk about Arachne? Um, we, you can go first. It's fine. It's pretty short. Um, Arachne is actually from Greek origin. She was a mortal. She was not a deity with mythical powers, but she is part of mythology. She is most famous for her use of purple dye and is credited with creating linen, cloth, and nets. Makes sense. Uh, When she was asked how she weaved so well, a lot of people told her that maybe Athena taught her and she just didn't know about it. Arachne found this insulting and refused (laughs) to acknowledge this belief. And uh, Athena, of course, as the Greek gods do, took great offense. Of course. (laughs) And arranged a contest between the two of them. And whoever lost the contest could never touch a spindle or loom again. So there's two endings to this. There's the ending where Athena wins, and then there's the ending where Arachne wins. So Athena wins and takes pity on Arachne and turns her into a spider so that she can continue to weave without the need of a spindle or a loom. Which is pretty nice, you know? Arachne wins. So... This is where they kind of describe what they were weaving. Arachne wove a tapestry that reflects an image, and I don't really want to go into the image because I had to read a lot to figure out what was so bad about it, but that was very insulting to the gods. 
Um, and so even though Athena saw that Arachne was the much better weaver of the two of them, was still very upset with the content of her tapestry. And so touched Arachne on the forehead and forced her to feel remorse for her disrespect over the gods. But the feeling was so overwhelming that Arachne hung herself. Jesus Christ. Um, And so then Athena felt really bad and resurrected her, but resurrected her as a spider. And again, so that her and all her descendants can weave for the rest of time. So I guess it's better when Athena wins. Right? (laughs) (laughs) At least then you just get turned into a spider. Right. (laughs) You don't have to, like, commit suicide. You don't have to go through the whole remorse suicide thing. Right. So, yeah. I actually thought that was a pretty cool story. It is a cool story. I like that. Yeah. So, um, basically what you're saying is they should have challenged her to a weaving competition in the yeah. episode. Yeah, and then, I mean, they would have totally gotten her distracted or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> so the episode title, Unforgiven, might come from the 1992 Western of the same name, directed by Clint Eastwood. The film centers on a story of an outlaw gunslinger who has retired to live a quiet life, who's drawn back into his old life for one last job. It might also reference the Metallica song, The Unforgiven. Mm, that's true. The This episode was originally titled The Kiss of Spider-Man. <laughs> wow, I'm glad they changed that. <laughs> the sign on the way to the town of Bristol has the ironic phrase, where memories are made. Oh, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, jeez. The fanish axiom, sleep with Sam Winchester and die, was born out of this episode. The phrase was coined after the episode, um, season two, episode 17, uh, Heart, as Sam's sexual partners, Jess, Madison, and later Ruby, all die. It was adopted as the name of the Sam thread on Television Without Pity. Okay. Or you can also check out Peen of Death. Yes. As I know I as spoke of Shannon before. has mentioned in the past. <laughs> Peen of Death. This episode marks the third time director David Bear and star Jensen Ackles have not only worked together, but on a CW series. Bear previously directed two episodes of Smallville, in which Ackles appeared in a recurring role as Jason Teague. Right on. There's no music in this one. No. Body count is female. The body two, count is female? I mean, sorry. <laughs> it's Body count is two female Arachne and Sheriff Roy Dobbs. Oh, okay. They could have said male. Right. I mean, if that's what they were going to do. Anyway, right. sorry. So, two monsters. They could have just said Arachne and Sheriff Dobbs. They just, you know, I think right. we all would have figured it out. Right. <laughs> but wait, wasn't Sheriff Dobbs? <laughs> um, my favorite moment was actually when Samuel said, so Roy's just some red shirt to you. Because it really shows us how far gone Sammy yeah. and Sam went. Yeah. Now this episode really, and that's kind of what kind of brought me back to uh, reality, I think, with my whole, like, oh, but I mean, Solo Sam wasn't that bad. Because we hadn't ever really seen anything quite this. Right. We uh, only heard about him. Heartless. Doing like, bad oh, stuff. he's done scary stuff, but nobody ever really talked about what he had done. Now we saw And it, so now we were oh, seeing it, and shit. I was like, wow, this is like some pretty, like, the brutality here is pretty amazing. I so, guess it wasn't that funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,. So I think my favorite scene was the um, flashback with Sam and Samuel when they're in the living room with Sheriff Dobbs yeah, and his wife. Yeah, that was wife. a good memory. That was a really good one. Um, 
Uh, I didn't have a whole lot of lines from this one. I think my favorite would probably be loud and athletic. Loud and athletic is the the line to go with on this one. But I also really liked when Dean says, so we know this is a monster with opposable thumbs and unlimited text messaging. (laughs) So those are my favorites. It's a good, very good uh, thing to point out there, Dean. Yes. This monster is literally texting you to get here. and right. Now we're here, and the connection is you, so can we please go now? <laughs> right. And you should have, but you didn't, because you're Winchesters. So, if you do you have anything else? No, that's it. Great. If you guys are not there, please check out the website, thewaywardfans.com. You can see all of our episodes there, and some pictures, and, you know, eventually other cool things. Like, maybe one of these days we'll pet a tarantula. Tarantula. Right. <laughs> oh, man, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> we are not good at keeping our promises sometimes. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not, but... I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, we were supposed to, to pet, pet a tarantula <laughs> at some point. <laughs> um, I don't even remember That was because of bugs, wasn't it? Probably. I think it was because of bugs, yeah. yeah that was for season one. <laughs> I know. God. Like a year Like ago. the beginning of season one. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, yeah. Way to remind everyone, get it? <laughs> Just in case you thought we forgot. We didn't. We're still working on it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, check out the website. You can contact us there. Or um, you can send us an email directly. The Wayward Fans. Or, excuse me. It's just waywardfans at gmail.com. Send us thoughts, feelings, concerns. We love it. Oh, we got an email. We did get an email, didn't we? I was trying to remember if we talked about that one yet. No, we haven't. Um, I feel like there's another email we didn't talk about, but I'd have to go back and look. Okay, so really quick. Sorry that this is at the end of the episode, but here we go. This is from Morgan. Hey, from Texas. Hey, just wanted to say I love listening to you two on the podcast. I listen to it going to work in the mornings and evenings on the way back. I've been watching the show for about four years now, and it's awesome how you two dig into behind the scenes of the episode and the mythology and or legends behind the monsters and characters. Listening to all of that makes the show even better than what I originally believed. (laughs) Anyways, just wanted to say hi and that I love the podcast. Very eloquent typing, I know. (laughs) Sincerely, Morgan. Morgan, that was very eloquent. I don't know I why you're being so sarcastic. Lot. Right. I, I mean, thought it was really fucking fantastic. I love hearing that we made the show better. Like, that's, right? that's like, like ridiculous. How did we do that? <laughs> like, wow. I didn't know that was possible. Me either. So thank you. <laughs> so thank you. That was a really great email. I liked reading that one. My friend Lynette is watching it right now, and she's she just posted on Facebook the other day. I've been watching this show since seven I can't stop. Hashtag marathon all day or something like that. I mean, it had only been like three hours. Right. Because it was 10 o'clock at night when she right. posted it. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. doing the side eye right now, you guys. Like, really? <laughs> no, three hours of watching Supernatural is not, not that, that big a deal. So let's wait till you get to But she like, loves it right now. And I'm like, good. yay. Good. So I don't know where she is in it. But, but I'm, I'm pretty I mean, sure she just like at least started. season one at this point. Yeah. Anyways, so... Back to closing up the show. <laughs> you can also follow us on Twitter at waywardfans underscore SPN. You'll get updates on all of our new podcasts there and uh, fun retweets and memes and shit. Or you can follow us <laughs> at facebook.com slash waywardfans. Uh, pretty much the same deal there. Get updates. 
see funny memes. The cool thing about Facebook is you can also see what other people share with us. Like, I know Frank has found a couple of really good Penny Arcade comics about (laughs) Supernatural, so those are always fun. Those are always good. Good time. And then always, not always, but if you have the time, please go give us a rating on iTunes. Yes, that would be fantastic. And a review would be really cool, too. It's, like, right up there with emails, but you don't have to. Just at least some stars. That'd be very nice of you guys. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. We will talk at you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.